It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. And guys, we're back for another week. And and normally, I, I think I said this last week, the podcast, this might be like one of the slower times of the podcast. But this week, great interview with Grayson Rodriguez, three-time guest, was out in Baltimore on Saturday night. You guys were out with him on Saturday night. We did a lot of talking about that entire event on the interview. So I don't know if we need to get too much into it, but we'll, we'll touch on it before we get to Grayson. But we've got to jump into it right now. The Ravens 30 for 30, Bullies of Baltimore, debuted Sunday night. And Brian said it right before we started recording. Just so much to unpack from a team that, you know, all of us in Baltimore know how special the team is, you know, first Super Bowl champions, uh, you know, for the for the Ravens organization, you know, all the 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 personalities and, and the greatest defense of all time and all those things. But just seeing them all in the ways that they depicted them, you know, the narr- using the narrative device of the of the, you know, reunion that they did on stage at the Meyerhoff, then in some of the interviews, and then in all the amazing footage that was showed. And it's it's why NFL films is amazing because they can really go to any team that's ever existed and do amazing content of them because of all the miking up they do and everything. But I thought it was you know, I had friends that were texting me, and Eric, you, you, you're one of them that weren't Ravens fans, and were like, "This is awesome! Like, this is, you know, really cool, and 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 it's a this is such a fun team, and the personalities are amazing." So I think it, it will give that team and and some of the moments it had some more run after. But I thought it was just it was excellently done. I we, I don't know if we want to break it down moment by moment. You guys can give your initial thoughts on it, but it's a must watch if you're a Ravens fan. I, I if you're listening to this podcast, I would go watch it. And then come back and listen to the podcast. I would not listen to the podcast before you 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 well, would, unless you you know want to post some stuff. But it was on, amazing. If you do do that, undownload this episode and then go watch it and then read down this episode. That's I like first. that. Yep, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. And if you want to unsubscribe and resubscribe while you're at it, you know, download all the episodes a second time. You know, we're happy sure. with that too. Yep. Um, yep. it was awesome. I mean, I. I had high expectations coming in because because I've read everything I can I can get my hands on about this football team. It's my favorite team of all the teams that I've you know, 2002 Terps, 2012 Ravens, 2018 Caps, like all these championship teams that I've been lucky enough to live through. Um, this one stands out among all of them. They're, they're, they're we're the first one in my lifetime of any of my teams to win a championship, but um, the personalities. Um, that's the real story. And they did a, an incredible job, I think, of just capturing the the notion that like a team like them will never exist again. They simply won't. Just with the way the hard-nosed way they played, the personality, some of the things they said, you can't say those things in 2023. Like, so be it. Um, they were they're everything that the Bengals wanted to try to be this year. The braggadocious and backed it up. Um, and they just kicked teams' asses, and it, I thought they did a really like the the vehicle of of having the reunion on stage with all those people in the same place was a brilliant way to go about it. And I remember when that event was announced. I don't know that they outright said that it was for thirty for thirty purposes, but even when they announced that they were doing it, I have like maybe more regret about not going to that than anything ever. Like I. I had some conflict going on that night and I was like, ah, I don't, I, I don't think I can make it. And I, I am kicking myself over it. Cause that looked like it was the funnest night. Just like one of the most, um, just like one of those nights I, that, that y- if you were there, like you would never forget it. I think they need to put it out. 
like they filmed the whole thing. Maybe they don't want to. Maybe they want to keep it as special for the people that paid the money to, to get tickets. But I would watch that right they, now. Like, they watch are. that entire thing on YouTube. Oh, they, they are. They have, oh, I didn't see that. Okay, okay it's okay. going to be a thing on oh, okay, ESPN okay. Plus from from what I've heard. It may already be. Oh, awesome. awesome. like, by the way, there's 50, an uncensored 55 version minutes. on ESPN Plus. By the way, so there's an uncensored version if you want How? to rewatch on ESPN Plus of the thirty have, for thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I would watch that version. I think Uncensored is going to be even better. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch it again at some point this week for sure. Um, yeah. I, like they did a really tasteful job with Goose with how he passed away about a month after. It was very sad, of course, but, um, you know, they even touched on it in the uh, with with some clips that he, he had in the past it wasn't a pity party for goose. It was just like a really great way to kind of capture his personality. And um, in some ways it, it was like a last hurrah, which is sad to say, but um, it was not, it wasn't a somber affair. It wasn't like, you know, they didn't paint it as somber. They just painted it as here's a guy who lived his life, lived it to the fullest, um, you know, went out tragically. Sure. But um, you know, he did things his way. And that's what the Ravens were all about. So um, just just a really tremendous – it was a longer documentary than I thought it would be too. Like I feel like more recently that they've kind of cut it down to like an hour. And there's been some ones recently that um, you think that the subject matter is was going to be a huge hit and it's kind of fallen short. Like the John Daly one did not do it for me because he's just so out there with it that there's just no secrets. There's nothing that – you know, there's nothing new that's going to come to fruition. I wouldn't say there was a ton of new stuff that came to fruition other than just the fact that these guys were hanging out and that in itself was an awesome experience to watch. I think the other thing about it was, as you said, John Daly, very out there. Like I said, this Ravens team pretty out there as it was happening and the defense is talked about, and Ray Lewis is sort of the dominant personality, I think, nationally from the team, like when you think about the team. But, and maybe this wasn't already, to, you can touch on it from a non Ravens fans perspective, but someone that was around, so has sort of an interesting experience in watching it. Like, for me, it was almost just like, like inject into my veins content where it's exactly what I want. Like, maybe John Daly would do it for you in that way because, like, you just don't care as much about John Daly. But this was just like a perfect summation like hitting all the high notes of what was just an incredibly fun team in every single way so i was when i was watching initially i was like ravens non-ravens fans are not going to care about this like this is so geared towards ravens fans they did a good job like you know showing all the people and explaining how they got so they didn't you know you could look at it without knowing the story but i but then i was getting texts of like God, I forgot how funny Goose was. Or, man, this is such a, like, better representation of why we, like, love Shannon Sharp. You know, you think about Shannon Sharp now as, like, a TV personality. He's on debate shows, so he's controversial. But he's just so funny consistently in it. And, um, like, even Trent Dilfer, I think, is some of the people. I thought he was, like, good in it. They just had – everybody was just very good in it. Um, And Billick comes off amazing in it. Absolutely. When you watch him, you're like, how did this guy not get another coaching job? And I, you know, just decided not to do it. But like the, the, the Banshee speech is just amazing. Like, I think I could just watch a 30 for 30 on the Banshee speech. He, so he was always but, a great quote. I like, even outside of that year, I, 
just like one of my favorite quotes ever. And I have it in our, like in my little spreadsheet where I have notes for this podcast and things I want to talk about or ideas or, or whatnot, but just, I don't know if I've said it before, but it's, it's um, along the lines of, I've tried to say all the right things, Lee. I know you're going to find me, but the replay thing doesn't work. I've tried it. I've tried to say all the right things. I've tried to be a league guy, try to be a team guy, try to support the replay system, but throw it away. Cause it doesn't work. Just throw it in the trash. Cause it's shit and it doesn't work. Or it's just something like that. And it's just, <laughs> he, he, He's so just entertaining with a microphone in front of him. Um, and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, which is probably why he didn't get another job, but he was so perfect for that team. And I, it, you're exactly right, Taylor. Like a lot of people are going to watch that and be like, wow, that guy's one arrogant prick. And they wouldn't be wrong probably to be honest, yeah. but he was the right personality to lead that team. Say all the right things. Like a master stroke was him kind of tempering the expectations with the whole playoff thing and not letting them talk about it until they earn the playoff thing. And then the next morning, having the itinerary hour by hour. And I thought goose summed it up so well in hindsight of that tactic by Billick of just like, damn, this motherfucker really thinks we're going to win the Super Bowl, And I can, I can imagine how that could be galvanizing to, to hear that from your head coach and be like, all right, we had a mission. We could accomplish our mission. We're in the playoffs. Here's, you know, the rest of the way. Hour by hour, detailed. Here's a plan. Let's go execute it. It's a masterstroke. RDT, give me your non-Ravens take. Yeah, again, I mean, you, you know, you know me. I'm, I think I'm far from a Ravens fan, but I, as obviously as a football fan and someone who has lived, I, I lived, I mean, I saw that team every week, you know, watching them, them being on TV. Um, I, I thought it was awesome. Again, if you're a football fan, I don't know how you don't like just drool over it. And again, I mean, I'm t- I'm texting my dad about it. He's a giant fan, and he's going, I don't want to watch this, you know, the Super Bowl clip. And I'm like, well, you think I want to watch the Titans? You know, two two of those games, like. And again, I mean, I, Brian, you wrote about it in the blog, but like you talked about how those two Titans games were like your favorite football games. I mean, the the replays that they were showing. I, I mean, every hit is a penalty now and not because they were, they were just hitting so fucking hard. And, and that, the, you know, the clips they showed that really, really, I thought they really drove home the like the Titan, like they hated each other. And I mean, it wasn't because obviously you think about the Ravens, you think about Steelers, they talked about the Steelers in the opening game and that was it. And that was mm-hmm. it. And they, they, you know, they really, really focused on the Titans that season. I, again, I mean, Obviously, watching it, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember this. I, this sucks. But again, it's just like as a football fan, you're like, this is fucking awesome. Like, the, I mean, the, again, the, just the games that they played, and you know, I mean, they they showed that clip in the locker room of them being, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they marched down at an 86 yard drive to start out the game right down our throat, and then what they say is like, we gave up 29 yards the rest of the game. You know, it's like, wait, that how, how? that that's that's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> and and I mean I, I I everything about it I thought was really good I thought it was really well done like you said the um the goose stuff was very sad because I remember I texted my mom and you know my you know my mom and my dad was like, you guys have to watch this and you know they were like we don't you know they they, they knew who Tony Saragusa was but they were you know like he's a very very funny guy and then going you know after it they were like he was awesome like that's a you know he was a great personality and even again i mean up until a month before he's the same person and i think you know it's i i thought that was really cool and again i thought they did a really good job of 
not making it about him, but putting a lot of the focus on him. I think that's just how he was naturally, where the camera just kind of always would swing back to Goose. Um, but like the Al Davis story, I'd never heard that story. I thought that was awesome. Like that was a amazing really cool, story. An amazing I, like, story. Like, is that is that a known st- I didn't know the anima story. I didn't I know that, that story. Like, yeah, and again, it's like stuff like that is like obviously back then, you know, it's not gonna come out, but like, you know, nowadays it's like you figured that that would come out. But I don't I I thought I thought it was all really, really well done. And like you said, how it was a good mix between like the panel kind of setting they had um, <laughs> clips of the old, you know, the old games and this and that. And I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was really good. Like I, said, I thought it was one of the better ones that they've done. Like you talked about some of the topics. I thought the Rand you one, the Randy Moss one. I remember being so hyped for that and coming out and being like, eh, there's a lot more there. And they just didn't really cover it as opposed to this one where you're like, uh, yeah, I mean, this was it was it was really good. They covered it all. Um, you know, the Dilfer stuff I thought was interesting because again, I we remember that, but a lot of people, a lot of Ravens fans, a lot of people listening to this may not know like how that whole thing went about and how pissed off he was. Like I, I remember that being like, holy shit, like he just won him a Super Bowl, and then they just, you know, Elvis Gerback comes in one year later. So it, it, again, really, really well done. I, 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 I kind of. The Ravens always seem to do stuff like that. Very, they, they go balls to the wall with it. So it wasn't really surprising. Like, oh, it's it was really good. And again, I know it's not the Ravens, but it's NFL Films and Thirty for Thirty and all that. But I, I just I thought it was really really good. And I think I forget who said it. Taylor, I think you said it earlier. Like, it's that that's going to be a very rewatchable one for any Ravens fan. Like, I, you're you're it's going to put a smile on your face anytime you watch it if you're a Ravens fan. And I think if you're any football fan, you could put that – like if that's on during the day, you could throw that on. It's just going to entertain you for 30 minutes. Like there are some 30 for 30s like that are amazing and rewatchable. But like you don't want to – like I don't want to throw the two Escobars on in the middle of the day and be like, all right, let me watch like Pablo and Andres Escobar here for two I'm hours. not going to watch the Len like, Bias one, you know, at lunch. Correct. You're not gonna, yeah, like, great. Good example. Good example. Maybe um, my favorite one, but again, it's not – it's not to me, it's not really a rewatchable one. But you you touched on a little bit like you if you were looking at this this is why I, I think they really like pulled this off pretty perfectly and, and things can be better about everything but when you look at the Ravens that season you would think that the entire thing would revolve around Ray Lewis because the Ravens organization revolved around Ray Lewis for twenty years you know it's some it really sometimes after he's been gone the Ravens continue to revolve around Ray Lewis and what they did was is he was a big part of it he was at the reunion they used a lot of his clips. But really, the three voices they went off of were Shannon Sharp, Tony Saragusa, and Brian Billick. And I think that was a better way to, like, if you're a Ravens fan, you don't have the baggage with Ray. But you hear from Ray all the time. And, yes, you hear from Shannon all the time. He's on TV. But, like, in terms of as Ravens, I think that was they were the better devices to tell the story of that team. And it becomes more acceptable if you're not a Ravens fan because you have so much baggage with Ray Lewis if you're not a Ravens fan. He's a hard guy to like base the story around. And they I thought they did a decent job of showing the the stuff, you know, Super Bowl in Atlanta the year before. They kind of used it as like a, you know, Ravens versus everybody, fuck you with the media and all that stuff. And, you know, they kind of got through it that way in a documentary where it was going to be hard to like go 20 minutes on the Ray Lewis situation. Um, but I thought that was really smart too. And I would love to know, um, and I, I apologize, our, our guys, um, Jacob Spencer, talked to the directors. Maybe they asked this. I haven't listened to their, I need to listen to their podcast on it. Like, was it going to, and I'm sure it was partly, was it going to be so much around Sarah Goosa, um prior to passing away? Because 
you know, they have to put him in there a lot because you ultimately have to tell a story at the end. So you've got to tell his sort of arc as player over the course of the, because you've got to kind of complete his life cycle. And they dedicated it to him in the end. I thought they did that really well. But ho- I, I would assume that it probably was anyway, because as you said, Eric, like it just ends up coming back to him every single time. Like every funny story comes back to him. Every time they talk about the person and the team, it comes back to him. You know, in terms of like Dilfer being, you know, kind of being an outcast and coming in, that goes back to what the Al Davis story and people not wanting him and then, you know, reclaiming himself and getting to the Super Bowl. Like he kind of was related to every single person involved. And I thought he was a very smart person to kind of be the star of the show with Billick and Shannon Sharp sort of right there next to him as, as the ones driving it forward, at least in my, and then I think they did a really good, smart job putting other guys in spot. I thought Jack Del Rio had some good moments in it, but Jamal Lewis had some good moments in it. Like maybe guys that you wouldn't think of. I mean, Jamal obviously great, but you know, not like a huge talker, but had some like very good pieces of the, the thing. And I, I, you know, Rod Woodson had some good moments. I just think they did a good job kind of getting everybody involved. Like they're like a basketball team. They got everybody all the right amount, in my opinion, and how they told the story. And I thought that what could have been like a, and I love Ray Lewis, but that could have easily been a Ray Lewis fest and been unwatchable. Like, and you're just like, <laughs> Ray Lewis is like, you, you know, prophesizing poetically about like week eight. Being a lion in the weather. Serengeti. I've always yeah. been a fan like, of the I Serengeti. Like, I think people it. nationally, really reached the end of their wits with Ray Lewis with the 2012 Super Bowl. Cause they, I mean, it was kind of like a second cycle and all that stuff got relitigated in the public court. And um, it's like all the facts of the situation, not to go down this road, but like have been so warped by time and people like making jokes on the internet and, and just kind of going with the narrative to the point where like people don't even know the facts of the case anymore. Um, But it, like I said, I think that there was, there's been some national Ray Lewis fatigue for a very long time. And you're right. It's a great point, Taylor. Like if they had really made that all about him and like it made him the focal point, um, I think it would have turned a lot of people off. And the story that they wanted to tell was, was that they were loud and braggadocious and they were a cast of characters, not just one guy in the middle of the defense kind of leading. And, you know, it's called bullies of Baltimore, but it, you know, it's so it was so much more than that. So um I I mean, I also think like it was astounding to me because you have all these characters on stage, and then I like took a step back and I thought about wait, okay, so where's this guy? Where's that guy? Like, where's Peter Bulware? You know, where's Michael McCrary? Um, where's Chris McAllister? Like, these are those are great players, great players that would would have been the best player on, on their given defense, if they were on another team and they were just kind of washed out by the fact that they had these other players who were great, but they were also great talkers, great characters too. So um, I think it just speaks to the, to the depth that that team had on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, John Ogden, I mean, he's maybe the quietest, not, you know, not a media guy by any means whatsoever. He's a gentle giant, but um, he's like, one of the best tackles to ever play football. And he was hardly even. Mentioned. Yeah. I mean, they, they, a there was a hall of famer runs. on the team. They left out. Yeah. Hall of, there was a hall that. of That's famer crazy. on the team. They left about. Yeah. So, um, but like you said, I didn't even think about that. Like as I'm going, like, I did think about it. Like you said, in the context that I'm like, Ooh, I would like to hear from this guy just because I would like to hear from all of them, but I never thought like, ah, we're missing John Ogden here. Like we really need John Ogden's take or, 
And that was the best part. It was like, it made you just want more in the best way of like, God, I would just love to hear all of their takes because this is an amazing, especially all the defensive guys are like, what's Dwayne Starks have to say about being on this team? Or what's Kim Herring have to say about being on this team? But it, I, it's like they picked, and maybe Ogden would have been one, maybe like one more offensive player. But I thought Jamal Lewis was like, kind of like a nice like guy to have in there. And especially, it was good to see Jamal Lewis too, like after some of the stuff we've seen with him and the concussions and he, there's he's been through stuff, he just looked like, good in it relatively speaking so that was like nice <laughs> to see um like because i just said there's some what there was clips that came out like a few years ago whatever it was with jamal Lewis, like oh god this, this is going down a really yeah. bad path but he he was great in it i just i i thought it was well done and you touched on a little bit i'm interested in you guys thoughts on this this team couldn't happen again in the way the NFL has played for sure. You made the point right off the top. It's like teams don't build their teams this way. The way the game is called, you can't build a team. that's going to shut teams out like this team did for the most part. Right. I don't know if the way this team went about its business in the era of like first take and Twitter and, and all these different things, every single thing would be a mountain out of a molehill. Like it would be a ridiculous thing every single weekend. I don't even know if like, athletes are tr- like you said maybe cincinnati tried to do this a little but like i don't even know if you could do this in a, in a, like a i guess it's lovable for your own fan base but like i don't even know if athletes exist like this anymore i mean they do like they're great like we just had we have grayson on he's a great personality and talks about everything and there's not great bad quotes out there but in terms of like the unabashed just like fuck everybody we're winning this and we're doing it the way we want it. we're not gonna not apologize for hurting you that just doesn't exist <laughs> and it's just like almost not acceptable which is why it was almost so fun to watch it was like this just from a personality and from a play style standpoint will just never happen again and it's like that was the last and there were some other teams that won the super Bowl on the backs of their defense but in terms of like, a, we're never going to see a historic defense like that. Like, there's never going to be a defense unless they change the way football is played or we change the way we think about football. That's like, this is one of the best defenses of all time. That's just not happening again, if you think about it. So it's amazing from both of those standpoints. Like, you, we had the draft of like, what do you wish happened when Twitter existed? Like, the 2000 Ravens would have been insane. Would have been insane. Like, as you said, McAllister had one of the most fuego quotes going into the Titans playoff game. He was like, the ninth most interesting personality on the defense, not just on that team. <laughs> if you were on the team, it would probably be like 12 or 13. Like you'd be behind Dilfer as a talker, you'd be behind Quadra Ishmael as a talker. Like what a fascinating group. The the only the only defense again that, that like you're talking about like nobody's like yeah. that anymore. The only one that and they don't really hold a candle to them is that Seattle defense from a couple years ago with Richard Sherman. And Cam Chancellor and Brandon Browner and guys like that. You know, they had Bobby Wagner, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Players. But again, yeah, like, defense. they also had Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and, and and you know, some good good offense, Marshawn Lynch. So it's like, you know, again, they were kind of that same, obviously more firepower on there. But from like an attitude, I'm going to say this quote and there's going to be nothing. They tried it. And again, it was like, okay, well, you got one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was... Not that they were the JV Ravens, but it was like you could not that they went into it being like, we have to be the Ravens. But again, they tried to be like that loud and braggadocious and just, you know, but like you said, you're not going to get that again. That was a special group of guys that just like like when Billick talked about, you know, in every practice, I thought I was holding up, you know, a double picture because they knew where everything was. It was like 
everything is clicking for them. It, there's just nothing you can do about it. Everything is clicking. To the same degree about the defense, you're not going to see a team defend that well. You're not going to see a team go five weeks without a touchdown either. I don't yep. know that that's yep. ever going to happen again either. And a portion of that story that wasn't told at all is that the Ravens won more games than they lost during that stretch, if I'm not mistaken. They won at least two, if not three of those games. One of them was 12-0. I know they won one with 15 points. Um, I can't remember if it's two or three games that they won, but you know another another name, Matt Stover. He's a great kicker for that team. Not mentioned, like not even a part of no, it. No, they didn't get, even go into it. Yeah. And, and there's some feel good stories that are mixed into that year. I mean, the Jermaine Lewis story, I mean, not feel good. That's not a feel good story, but like a an emotional thread that was involved with that team. But Jermaine Lewis, for those who don't know, um I I want it was at least one, it may have been twins were stillborn the week of the, yep. the week 17 game against the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. He returns two punts for touchdowns in that game. And it's like that's an incredible moment. And Jermaine Lewis, another guy like Barely mentioned. I mean, he was, you know, had the kick return in the Super Bowl that they showed the highlight of, but he, you know, it just wasn't part of it. It's, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me. And um, I think that we need to build a statue for goofing a roof or at least get him up there to until Lamar signs something, you know, whatever. And it's, sometimes you just got to put get him there with a fan and Dan in one of these games. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I, it was also weird to me. I, um, so I like missed the name of the person um, when they went into that story. And then I Googled it so I could tweet, fire off a tweet about it. And there's two different names out there for who the goof on a roof was. And one guy, of course, you know, like a couple years later has some, uh, some not so good things that landed him some legal trouble. So I don't know if two people were on the roof. If it was just one, Um, I want to dig into that story a little more. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. Uh, the, and the, what you said, like of the, some of the stuff that they didn't have in there and it's not like I got to the end and I was like, like, God, um, they like said, God, they missed this, they missed this. But during the show, it's not like you're like, geez, they, no. they don't have enough content. Like there was just so much content around that team. And, and we were texting about earlier this morning, you guys were talking about, did they put a little too much of that? Oh, one stuff at the end. Um, and it, I felt like it was a decent way to kind of close the loop and be like, why did they only win one? Why did this hope only, only happen once? And I think they had to do the Gerbacks because you're like, well, how did this Dil- – like the Dilfer – if you're a fan that hasn't been paying attention, like, well, Dilfer must have continued on. And that was interesting. The footage of him, like, coming back for the ring ceremony, I thought was, like, very good, like, archival footage. Um, and Art Modell, like, speaking there. Some just great archival footage in this, by the way. So, I mean, that's NFL films is just incredible. The stuff they have from just like, it's like that, that, that's 20 years ago. It's not, they don't, you know, you don't think about like a ton of miking up going on 20 years ago and just every pregame, they have great quotes from these guys. Like the stuff on the sidelines with Dilfer and Sharp of like, I'm going to go win the game. And then he goes and wins the game. By the way, it's just amazing. That's Patrick Johnson. They catch the touchdown, but that's an amazing moment. And then they, like have the interviews after. By the way, Steve Young, I love got brought in as like the smug analyst <laughs> like six times about this team, which was just just it's like a year or two after It was so good. Like Brian Billings got two, and then Chris Morton and Brian Billings got too much ego to run the ball in the Super Bowl. What a quote from Chris Morton before the game. 
Um, by the way, and I, I you know, I, I like I like Chris Berman a decent amount, you know, in terms of the shtick that he does. 12-11 is such a joke. I mean, that <laughs> entire description of that was just just pathetic. It's, um, uh, he'll do that when when he wants to squeeze in an over under, but but like yeah. also keep it within a spread so he can try to like clue you Suddenly in get it in there talking about gambling because he couldn't talk about it at the time. Yeah, but the over under was not 20, 23 and a half. So I that's some of the, there's just there, <laughs> there's also just yeah there's also just like little small things I like like in that same sequence, like they show the CBS pregame and like Nance is picking the game. Like why is Nance on the pregame show as the host picking the game? That made no sense. That like happens to what they do on Sunday um, on football night in America. And like, you had like Ian Eagle at one point was paired with Mark May on one of the games, like ESPN <laughs> college analyst, Mark May. Like that was so random. Like there's just, I love little things like that. The young Troy and, Aikman. Troy Aikman. A young was Troy like, Aikman. Was like year. He was that a was baby. Stunning. Yeah. 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 Stunning. How about, and then just the, Phil Sims, he probably Great watched story. Like, oh fuck. Um, the the, the yeah, goose being yeah. like, I know you live in New Jersey. You cost me 10 grand. I'm gonna rip out every plant in your in your yard. Like, that's just such a funny like, and also, why. like that was great. Phil Sims like goes in. I haven't watched that game in a while. I forgot about that. Just goes in on Sarah Goose like he had a problem with yeah. it. It was it was it was a personal thing, it seemed like. Like I yeah. he must have hit him sometime. Like he must have gotten him something or said something to him somehow. And Sims like, I'm going to get this yeah, motherfucker. I'm like, going to get this guy when I'm on TV. Um, so I love those like little, like outside of the big dabs, that was all, I love those like little things you see, like, you know, who was paired with who, like get some Gus Johnson in there a couple times, which was fun. It was just that those type of things to, to me are always very entertaining about like the, uh, the old schools. Also classic, just classic. I mean, Tom Maddie's a Baltimore legend, but no one talked over the play-by-play guy quite like Tom Maddie on plays. Like, just <laughs> always, always, like, get, got in Garceau's calls so many times. And Garceau's trying to call <laughs> play-by-play. It's so good. Like, yes! Like, so many of those, which just are <laughs> endearing and, and things like that. It's, it's very endearing, but it was just, I was like, Garceau must be like, God! Uh, just let me get one call out by myself. Um, by the way, that was prime Gar- that was prime Garceau too. He's great in all those oh, calls. He, he's, he's so good. He was a yeah. stud when he was, when yeah, they had him reporting out in front of Bel Air road and all that. It's so good. Um, it was, it was so good. Um, I will say that the, when they showed the clip, I guess it was before the, um, the Titans playoff game where they put Bill like on the big screen with the sports illustrated. That person is fired today. Like if that happens today, like a GM, if a GM is sitting in their seat and before a playoff game, like their home stadium does that, that person, that like, I, I don't think that would ever happen again. And then Billick's interview on the sideline. Like, like we, I we cannot imagine it. Jeff Fisher did not have a say in that. I know that, that seems about right. That, that definitely seems about right. But like, I don't like, I could not imagine that happening today where like, I, I'm trying to think of like, mm, I actually McVay, could, like, I actually could see it happening today. On yeah. like the big screen of of the Ravens, like them putting up <laughs> like uh, like them putting a like, screen. like them like putting a quota. Well, no, like how they put the video of Billick holding up that Sports Illustrated saying they're like not today, like today I, they won or whatever. In the, in the trolling nature of today, I could kind of see it. I don't know, like I could see. I honestly feel like I could see it that out, but in the game, ago, I don't know. I don't know. In game teams like to rile their fans up now, so I. 
I don't think it'd be totally a question. I get what you're saying. I, I don't think it's like probable. I don't think it's like a huge chance that it happens, but it's, a, I, I think it's more amazing. It happened 20 years ago, to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 I, just and like Brian, I think you tweeted it. Least surprising thing of all time is that Greg Williams is an absolute scumbag. Like, yeah, there's no just, yeah. I mean, yeah. and I kind of respect it person. though. I mean, that's kind of how it was. It was a gutter. Oh war. yeah. Like if, if, yeah. if, if I could have bet on like, you show me all the pictures of the Titans coaching staff, be like, which one of these guys stole a playbook and then openly admitted it, like was bragging about it. Like, yeah, of course it's fucking Greg Williams. Like why would I, it I, like, be? Of course. I think that there's enough source material where they could have done a full 30 for 30 on Titans Ravens of that year. And then just like the Ravens as a whole could be a separate one. Just I think there was even more there to be had than they got into. I mean, I mentioned in the blog that I wrote, go read that. Um, the Aldel Greco thing is just was not even mentioned whatsoever. Like, I don't even think they mentioned, like, oh, he threw a pick six. Why was he able to drive down the field and win the game? That's weird. It oh, literally was like, an extra point. yeah, they missed that. That's yeah. a miss. They should have said they missed that. Yeah. They should have been easy. Well, that's what and I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, did, did they go for two? Like, what did they go for two? Like, what happened? And then I, I went that back. That was a I miss. I don't know how they um, missed that. I looked at the um the like football reference box score and I was like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, you know. But again, yeah. it's like throw that in just once, you know. Like I'm sure, I'm sure Billick has some quotes about Del Greco. I'm sure, like I would have loved to hear again, you know, something like that. But I don't. I mean, again, there's also a ton of stuff that they probably cut out. I mean, like you said, there's 50 other minutes I think of unedited stuff on ESPN if, Plus. If you watch the game, um, I want to say the first drive, maybe maybe first quarter. Derek Mason, like for sure gets knocked out cold, like for sure. And it's not even a blip on the announcer's radar. Like, Oh, he's a little shaken up. And he goes off the field and he's back on like, the next series. He's just back on the back there. of his head. Yeah. Like, he's just like, like that's, Oh, that's football. Trainers are looking like, at him, but it wasn't even like a consideration to even like, Oh, he's a little shaken up. He's going to take a playoff or two. Like <laughs> his brains were scrambled. Yeah. They're, there's fluid coming out of his ears, and they're like, "God, yeah. tape him up and get him back out there." But that's just like what I'm but talking again, about. There's just more to it, and like they didn't, they kept it on subject with the Ravens, and they didn't really like talk. I, I mean, I I know it's easy to say where we're on the winning side of it, but I would love to hear Steve McNair, Eddie George background, like those kinds of stories. Hear their take on those games and hear them talk about it. Again, I mean, I'm sure Jeff Fisher would have been like a great, I'm sure he has some great quotes. It's like, that's also, that's kind of like an underrated, like Fisher versus Billick is like, those are two, like two of the more fiery, like coaches who, again, will kind of just speak their mind and talk their shit. And it's like, it's people talk about it all the time, but it's like that division back then, especially with those two teams and Jaguars were awesome. And, you know, the Steelers were obviously mixed in, but like, man, that was uh, and and I I think I've told the story before, but like for those Del Grio, those Al Del Greco kicks, I was in a Best Buy, so I saw a wall of just missed kicks and blocks. Being like, it was like it was, it was like the forty version scene where it was fucking like I'm like <laughs> get this off every single one of these TVs. But other than that, I mean, again, I, I I thought just everything was 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 really well done, and you know. Like like you said, they could have talked about the like you said the Jermaine Lewis. They show him pointing up to the sky in slow motion, and it's like maybe mention that you know he lost his kid, you know, a week earlier or two days earlier, or whatever, what a couple of weeks earlier. But other than that, yeah, again, I almost I, feel like I, maybe I they, they didn't think 
they had their like sad moment at the end that was going to like really hit people. And they were yeah. like, we got to keep this like fun and fresh until we get to that crescendo at the end. I'm like, we the, can't, it, it would take too long to delve into the threads because this thing could have been like four hours if they really wanted to be. And you know, you got to keep it kind of crisp. So um, I, I did like the, um, cause again, no, <clears throat> another thing I didn't know, and I don't know if any, if other people know it, the like, Hey, if I, if we, if we're up four touchdowns, can I get a carry and be like, being like, Oh yeah, sure. Like with, with a young Keith Mills, and like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. We can do that. And then him coming up on the <laughs> sideline being like, you know, if we score again, I'm getting a carry and being like, like looking up and going like, Oh shit. Yeah. You're right. And like, <laughs> and then being like, well, it's not the first yeah, time. I remember that being it. a like, story at the time, but like, I think the, the sideline footage may have been nil of Bill. Yeah. I mean, like, it was, he was like, Hey, <laughs> I guess I did say that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, like the middle of a Super Bowl. Obviously, they were up. They're gonna win. It's all like I had seen the clip of him being like talking to the, the water kid, you know, the water boy being like, "I want you to empty out every one of those." Like, you know, yeah, on the ball. Clip. Like That's I've seen that close. clip. I've seen that one before. <laughs> but like that, that 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 goose one. Because again, like you said, he like looks up and he goes like, Haha. "Oh yeah, I did say that." Like, <laughs> I mean, like that's just that's just funny stuff. And like like Taylor, you talked about it, but that clip where. You know, during the Titans game where Dilf was like, I'm going to go down and win it. And then it flashes over to the interview with Sharp. And he's like, motherfucker, you better win it. Like, you just lost us this game. Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, Sharp was great in this, by the way. He was great. He was great yeah. throughout. It was great good. talker. It was good. And the restitution clip is just, I mean, it's just so good. The whole thing is just very, very good. What is his the, name? The, Tim, the, Tim, Tim, Tim Patrick Johnson. or Tim Johnson? Yeah. Tim Johnson. That That is so <laughs> funny. So funny. And like I, I remember watching the hard knock clips of Goose being like, "I ain't gonna in." Like, he's like <laughs> everyone's gonna run it. He's like, almost everybody. Like, st- just stuff like that is just like, just like legitimately laugh out loud funny. And like Which him the, being that, like, "Yeah, you know, 2001 Hard Knocks is the best season of Hard Knocks, and there hasn't been one better. It's just it's the best season." It's, yeah, I mean, there. That's normally like how reality court. shows go because you have one team has never done it and they just do whatever because they haven't seen it. And then once everybody watches, they think they have to do it. It's like, that's just how reality shows go. But man, I forgot that's... about the guy, the the hippie guy with the stick, just like, what was he saying? He's like, we got to go out there. And like, I was like, that's just a, that's just a Westminster like legend. Like that guy is just wow. still roaming the streets of Westminster somewhere. I'm sure. I suppose that's right. I thought you were going to go another direction with that, but yeah. What? Which way? Well, not Westminster, but another locality. No, I would never attack any certain local. No, no. It's just that if you've been to Westminster, I mean, that's the West Monster. It's. <laughs> I went to a few of those camps back in the day. They're they were fun, but they were also pretty damn hot up there in the mountains. Humid. Oh yeah. Um, anything else to say? about I can't wait to rewatch it. I almost maybe might have more to say after I rewatch it again. I'm gonna have more to say, like. For the rest of time, like every time I watch it, I, I will say I was I was a little cheat up there towards the end. You know, um, I got to thinking about <laughs> good to know about uh, the water cooler for the coaches in the Super Bowl. That's just like one of the weirder traditions. If you really think about it, like, oh, we just take the Gatorade now. We just dump it on the head coach. It's pretty goofy, huh? Yeah, it's awful. I, it's it's. Wasn't there, so wasn't there, there was a coach who died, I think, because he got like pneumonia. Called like pneumonia. Here, look that up. Big of true. If you haven't, like I said, if you have it at the top, we could talk about this forever. If you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. 
must watch for a Ravens fan. I think it's must watch for an NFL fan. I'm just a big NFL fan. I just think it's a, you know, it's like I, I don't, you know, I love watching some of the other thirty for thirties on NFL teams, and this one is this one is of you know. 30 for 30s don't feel as big anymore sometimes. I I like they've kind of they're still all very good for the most part, but they just haven't they haven't really hit like uh, I think they just once you win an Oscar for one of them it's sort of hard to like continue to raise the bar. And the OJ one just got it to such a high bar that oh, that's so good. I think I think they also like knew they had something good when they first put them out and it's they they kind of rushed a bunch more out and didn't really yes. like take the time yeah, they to didn't make curate them. And now they, they also like lost do it seriously enough yeah they do them just often enough to be like okay this is going to be good you know it's just a couple year and they've delivered this this one did at least yeah yeah i remember like again when they were first coming out being like oh i have to watch it the night it comes out i like i have to i have to i have to do all that yeah 100 percent. and then like now again it's like i'll I'll do the art or i'll watch it on netflix or something um well it's perfect i mean if you have espn plus they put them immediately on espn plus so yeah. that's also they're great to have on ESPN Plus because they're so rewatchable that if you're just like, oh, I want to go back. Like I love the we talked we draft spinners. I love the one that they do through the OJ Chase with no interviews. That's so rewatchable. Like I love that I just have the ability on ESPN Plus to put that on. Um I I that was a it was so fun they did that on the Ravens. It was it was also like Baltimore stuff sometimes never gets like the big you know, big treatment. And it was awesome to see like that team showcased in a 30 for 30, like on a Sunday night up against like the Grammys, like there wasn't a ton going on. And I feel like people were kind of locked into it, which is cool. Um, And I will say everyone was correct on the one thing ESPN did wrong was put it at eight 30 after an oh NBA game that started at six o'clock. That was insane. It was eight 30 oh, and there was like yeah. eight minutes left in the game. Well, like, that yeah. was that. That was the worst decision of the entire thirty for thirty process. It was being like a Knicks, um, uh, seventy-six game is going to be over in two and a half hours. What was weird is you would have thought that they would have let you would have not had the NBA game. I guess they have the NBA Sunday game, so they. But you would. I would have thought they would have let in from the Pro Bowl because you do the football lead into a football thirty for thirty. Why there mm-hmm. was an NBA game smack just was a weird programming decision. It's not as if. It was a Ravens. It was a like Baltimore's an NBA team, but it's not like it was associated at all with them. The program that came after you would have thought that they would go. It's like when they would do the Heisman ceremony into like a college football thirty for thirty. It was like a into like yeah. the um yeah the yeah. um was it Oklahoma running back? I think they did that one after. I think they did. I think they did the U two after. You don't know Bo. One, one of the U ones after. They, yeah, the Bo one was after it. Like it just made sense. And when I originally, I was like, man, the Pro Bowl is going to go for a while if it's going to eight thirty, which would have made some sense. Like the Pro Bowl has been war in the night and i was like there's a sixers game in the like it just was stupid um let's move on we have a long interview here with grayson rodriguez not as long as we've gone with him previously because we covered a lot of grounds um but talked about his time out in baltimore you guys were were with him at, at checker spot here in south baltimore and then kind of around the city um some went in some hunting stories with him um and a variety of other things grayson is, is a great quote we appreciate him every time he gives us his time so let's get our interview with Orioles pitcher Grayson Rodriguez. Something magic happens. We're back here on the Exit 52 podcast with Orioles pitcher Grayson Rodriguez and Grayson. I feel like you, I feel like we've had you on the show like 17 times now. You're you're one of our most frequent guests. Uh, but we had to have you on coming up into the season. 
Um, <laughs> you were out in you were out in you were out in ball three times. Were you out in Baltimore with with the guys on uh, on Saturday night? Uh, RDT and, and uh, Banks also participated. How what was it like just being among the fans? I, to get your take on that first. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think the caravan we started off uh, in Frederick doing some autograph sessions. Those are always my favorite because those are the most uh, most interactive parts with kids. So that's always my favorite. Uh, when I was young, I always liked going to baseball games, getting autographs from people. And I never really had the chance to like actually like go up to a table, you know, and get an autograph from somebody. It was always just at the game uh, down the foul line. But it was a lot of fun seeing Baltimore fans, uh, kids. You know, I think Baltimore's got some of the best fans out there. So it's just a lot of fun to hang out with them. Yeah, and and we talked about. I mean, the the whole caravan in general is a pretty new thing to the Orioles. They started in 2020, and then two weeks later got shut down because of COVID, obviously. Um, but the events this weekend were awesome. I mean, like you said, the autograph signings you guys were did looked so cool. The the brewery spot on Saturday was. I mean, you guys were electric. The crowd was electric. It was awesome. Like it was so much fun. You could definitely tell how excited um, the fans were again to see you guys to, to just see how personable you guys were with everybody. So that was awesome. My one complaint, and I think I talked about this with you and Adley on Saturday. Why the hell did they not have you guys at top golf, like banging balls onto three ninety five or whatever? Yeah. So we don't, they didn't, they never mentioned anything about top golf to us. So Ugh. I think, I think they might have known we might have taken it. We might not. I don't know. But they never said anything until we got there on, I believe, what was it, Saturday uh, when we did yeah. our event. Um, yeah, we didn't even – we didn't know about Top Golf until they said something about it. And we were like, what the heck? You know, like that would have been a perfect opportunity to get it in. Um, we actually drove literally like right by Top Golf and uh, went down the length of it. I don't know what streets right there, but – Definitely a short top golf, so the interstate is definitely reachable. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys, um, you guys. I was gonna say they brought you to a venue that maybe is the closest thing you guys could have gotten to to top golf. Like unless you guys were at the casino, they could not have at checker spot. They could have not got have gotten you guys close. Like and the it prop- is like I drive past the thing every day. It is short. You guys could blast balls over that thing. It is definitely short. You could probably snap hook one over the the left screen and get it to checker spot from where they were. I mean, that's Probably. how close yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with the snap hooks. I like to call it a duck hook. I got a buddy that calls it a duck hook. and It's usually duck, what it is. Duck hook sounds a little less intentional. Snap hook is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to snap one off here. So it's just, yeah. it's a nomenclature thing. Yeah. Well, if I have a driver in my hand, nobody's safe. That's why I don't understand how like PGA players, you know, like when they hit a ball, like in the rough or out of bounds or something and like the fans are like crowded around them and they have like a tight little narrow to the green, you know, that's just, I would definitely kill somebody pitching wedge (laughs) or not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so again, we're talking about the caravan. Um, What what was it like from your point of view? Again, you guys going around serving drinks and stuff like that. How like, what was your big takeaway? I mean, again, we know what it would look like from the other side of the bar. We had a ton of fun. You can still hear it in my voice. We're still kind of recovering. Um, but what, what was it like, again, for you guys to get that the big intro with that big pop and then, again, kind of just moving around? I mean, Taylor, I don't I don't know if you know. There were fights, like, upstairs when Adeline Grayson were up there pouring beers. Like, just what was the experience, that experience kind of like for you, again, you guys just <laughs> slinging drinks? 
Yeah, it was definitely a packed house. Um, I know you mentioned the fight. Uh, that was a little crazy, but uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I kind of feel bad for the people that I was pouring, pouring beer first because they were a little foamy, you know, trying to figure out how, to, how the draft system works and stuff. But no, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty hectic. You know, I think, I think for the most part, we felt like we were working instead of hanging out, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, got to see a lot of people uh, and obviously drink some beer that that brewery had some good beers so <laughs> do you like it can you guys feel the you know in, in events like that all the things you've done can you guys sort of feel like the energy around town about the team for the last like three weeks we've you know as the ravens have come to an end and we've kind of done the the obituary on that season we've talked about how like there hasn't been this much excitement going into an Orioles season in like over a half decade and may, probably a little bit longer can you guys feel that as players where you're out among people? Like, I mean, obviously there's huge energy when it's an event for you guys, but even just sort of around town and around the team that there's a lot of sort of energy going into the year about, you know, what you guys can do and about just the fan base's, you know, excitement about what you guys could do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that place was uh, pretty intense. Uh, you know, you can definitely feel the energy. Um, when I did the caravan for the first time in 2020, right before COVID, um, you know, it was nothing like that, nothing like that at all. And, uh, being able to see that Saturday, that was a lot of fun. You know, people are chanting, even at the, the Q and a session we had, um, that was kind of, you know, a little, uh, intense and rowdy, uh, people were in there doing chants and all kinds of stuff. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just to kind of see that it definitely gets you ready for the season. That's for sure. And now I, I, or Brian, if you want, you can go. Don't matter. I'll go for it. Um, go for it. You and uh, you and the boys had a little chug off, and I think there was that's some, what I was going to Controversy, ask. yeah, a little bit of a chug off. Um, some controversy as to maybe who started first. Um, I think it's it's well accepted that you finish first. But uh, do you have any comment uh, about maybe maybe some certain catchers that may have uh, indicated that there was a false startup at play there? So video review has not been, you know, established yet in the chug off. So the crowd was the loudest when I finished. So I'm going to take that as a victory. Um, you know, Adley and DL are pretty good at what they do, but they're not better than me at pretty much anything. So I'm going to text him right now and have to tell DL I'm already taking shots at him because we literally talked about that this weekend. He said, you know, he always gets on Twitter and then I, he says, I always say something stupid. So I'm going to have to let him know I'm saying <laughs> something stupid here, but even though it's factual, uh, but no, that was a lot of fun. I know uh, for that chug off uh, me and DL had light beers. I think we, it was bird is the word or whatever that beer was uh, that mm-hmm. they just came out with super good. Uh, and then I had told the bartender, she had asked what Adley wanted. He didn't answer so I said, the darkest beer you have. And she poured the, <laughs> uh, obviously what looked like mud uh, and gave it to him. So he was already at a disadvantage, but that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, definitely. I think if we did it again, still the clear winner. So we'll have to do it another time. Hopefully after we win the division. How about that? How about that? I, the shades of Tommy Hunter. Um I think your best defense there too is like these right tackles these past couple of weeks have, have been accused of false starting on every snap and they break it down like the tape to like a the slowest, whatever you want to call it, frame by frame. 
and they're just like getting off the ball that much quicker. You're just quick off the ball. I mean, that's should be your spin zone. Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect way to put it. And as I've watched football, you know, over the playoffs and then here at the end of the season, I do feel like I've seen a lot of false starts that weren't called. And like you said, it might just be them actually being that quick getting off the ball. So hmm. that's me. You think? Right tackle. <laughs> All right. Well, again, that, that was the question. That's where I was going to go. Um, who was the best bartender on Saturday? Out of, we'll, we'll we'll keep it to you guys. Well, no, no, no. We'll we'll extend it to everyone. Who was the best bartender out of out of you, Vespi, Adley, Hyde, Elias, who else? Taryn and uh, Ramon. Well, so me, Adley, DL were together the most. I can't really speak for the others since I didn't really get to see them and experience them. I know DL asked for help one time, so he's automatically out of the equation. Um, <laughs> you know, he wasn't able to wasn't able to carry out an order on his own, so he fails. Um, and then Adley, I think Adley was drinking more beer than he was serving it. So I'm gonna go ahead and cancel him out there again. I'm your winner. It's we, fake. we, I did, I do remember saying at one point that Adley has a great pop time, but his poor time was was below average. It was probably, if we're going to the 80 scale, it was probably a 40. His poor time, so. I, I think yeah, I would have I think, to, to agree. I think uh I think my line was moving a little bit faster than theirs. So <laughs> they don't need to know that. That's what it's all about though. There we go. Um did you get him anything for his birthday, Adley, today? No. But he's the guy that doesn't text you back when you text him happy birthday. Like look, literally, let me see. I was just thinking about this before I got on the podcast. Texted him this morning <laughs> at eleven fifty nine AM, so noon. And it is 6.48 my time. Still no answer. So, wow. Trouble in paradise. Not even not even, a, not even like a heart or a thumbs up or an exclamation. Nothing. He, he is the worst actor. The message you expect to get back two days later. It's bad. Bad. You should uh... – at one of these times he tries to greet you at the foul line, you should just breeze right by him. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Thinking just, about just it. See what or happens. Just taking the ball and putting it right in his face mask. Something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you could send him a letter and he can get back to you quicker than a text message. We we gotta work with him on that then. We yeah, bad, res- yeah, bad responding, that, not good. Put, yeah, put that on Twitter. Clip that and put it on Twitter that Adley Rutschman's the worst texture in the universe. Hmm. Clip it tonight. He, Clip it tonight. Is he, there group, it is. is he group chat guy at all? Like, no. does he chime in? Or is he even worse at that? Because there are people oh, that that's like, bad. are group chat guys and guys that are just, you know, in between. Direct guys. Yep. No, he just really doesn't answer anybody. I will say that. I mean, if you text him in a group chat, he will answer. Uh, he's not, like, annoying or anything, but. One on one, if you text him, just go ahead and expect that response in a week. <laughs> so that's my only that's my only complaint about the guy. I'm about to text okay. him here in a little bit and line him up. So we'll noted, see. noted, noted. All righty. Um, I don't. Who people were chiming in today? I tweeted at I I just tweeted that we were going to have you on, and I think I just called you Big Gray. And someone was like, oh, is that a nickname? What, what's the nickname we're going with? Is it Gray Rod? Is it G-Rod? So, so I did retweet man? that because I saw it. I saw it. So I retweeted it because I do want people to send in questions. And it's funny that you say that. So, like, we have, like, some little family friends uh, 
great friends of ours. Um, they have kids. One of them is my brother's age, so he's 14. Uh, and the other one, I believe, is eight. Don't quote me on that because he acts a lot older than he is. Uh, but they call me Big Gray, so I thought it was funny uh, that that you had said that. But now those are the only two. Those are the only people that call me that, though. So like nobody else knows that nickname. Uh, but you know, I saw some some questions on the nickname stuff. Um, my whole life, little league, everything called G Rod. Um, that's just kind of what I'm used to. And then being drafted by the Orioles, and it probably wasn't till. 2019 or 2020 when I started seeing people call me gray rod. So, you know, that's new. Uh, but really it's, I don't have a preference. It's just whatever. I like it. I like it. Someone, someone suggested grace and they said it's a mix of Grayson and ace. And I was like, okay. I said, we can, we can talk about that one. I, I think that'll be, that'll be all right. But I don't know if grace is the best. Uh... Yeah. Grace, grace <laughs> to me is a girl's name. So, <laughs> it's not really the vibe you're trying to put out there when you're shoving 98. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I don't think you can be nicknamed Grace and the Gas Man. I don't think those two things really go together. <laughs> we did, but you have we no preference. Have a good one. You, have, you have no preference. Like, it, do you have anyone you hate? Do you have any nicknames that you hate? Well, Grace, maybe you now hate. Grace. Do you have any ones that you don't like? Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, I wouldn't do Grace. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly – like I was saying earlier, like G Rod, that's how that's how all my friends and family know me as. Like everybody in my hometown is just G Rod. Yeah, I know some people were saying they didn't like it because A Rod, you know, whatever. I mean, there's A Rod, K Rod, of course Julio Rodriguez now J Rod. I mean, there's a lot of. But if you have the last name Rodriguez, you know, it's just kind of a given. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know what to do there. But uh, you know, fans, if they want to call me Gray Rod, fine. You know, it's it's whatever. Now you you were saying you wanted people to to ask some questions. We got a good one from my buddy Ryan Blake, who said, "Would he rather have Felix Bautista's splitter or Gunnar Henderson's hair?" He was gonna say DL's hair, but then he knew that you wouldn't pick that, so he was like, "We have to pick Gunnar's hair." So Oof. the mountain splitter or Gunnar's hair? All I'm gonna say <laughs> is you can go to a store. And buy a wig and have something that looks like Gunner's hair. But I don't think you can go anywhere and just buy Felix for disgusting. So that's something that I've seen firsthand. Obviously, I've seen Gunner's hair, you know. Hopefully he washes it. But I think you can, you know, you it's to some extent you can buy hair, you can't buy a splitter. So I'm gonna go with the splitter. I mean, that's a hell of an answer. I, I think that's that's truly the only answer. So I I would have to agree with you on that one. Um, I got another one. A lot of people ask about the Super Bowl. I think there's two two Texas quarterbacks, right? Hertz is yeah. from Texas, correct? Yeah, Hertz is so, a Houston guy. So, and then obviously Mahomes. But every, everyone wants to know who you're, which side you're leaning with. So this is actually a very tough one. So here's something a little bit about me, kind of my high school background and everything. So I, where I train in the off season <clears throat> to get ready uh, is called APEC. And it's a training facility that was started by a guy named Bobby Stroop, who's from Tyler. Now Tyler is probably about an hour away. So I drive an hour to and from APEC each morning to train. So Patrick Mahomes is from a town called White House. And I believe he's been going to APEC since like, hmm, 
like the sixth grade maybe. And so Bobby has trained Patrick, I mean, like his whole life, his whole career through high school, college, and into the NFL. Um, so everybody around here is big Chiefs fans. Now, another twist to that is APEC has a lot, has a really good football program. There's a lot of big-name NFL guys that work out there. And so Bobby actually trains both Patrick and Jalen in the same class, like, every day. So, like, they, they work out together in the offseason at APEC. And so there's kind of a, a two-sided deal going on there because I do like the Eagles. The Eagles are a fun team to root for. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of hunting with uh, Fletcher Cox, gotten to know him a little bit over this last year. Uh, great guy. So, you know, really, personally, I don't know any of the Chiefs players, so I might be leaning a little bit more towards Philly, honestly. All right. You heard it here first, Grayson, going on the Eagles. You and me both. <laughs> you what, give us your uh, your thoughts on the Ravens, how it ended, and uh, you've you bought into the team, and it it was unfortunate the way it went down. Yeah. So first off, I was actually kind of surprised how we played. Um, you know, they played really well um, to kind of be in the kind of have the circumstances that they did. Um, the Bengals are a good team. Um, you know, I think their trash talking kind of got in the way of uh, of them winning some games. Um, they're down the run, but, you know, not having Lamar at quarterback, obviously Huntley's a great quarterback. Um, a lot of the same play style, you know, the Ravens do a good job there, you know, not having to change a whole lot in the offense uh, with him at quarterback, but they definitely played a lot better than I expected them to. Um, it's a good team, you know, well coached. And, you know, I was bummed out seeing them lose, but, um, you know, it was, it was a good game. So I was pretty happy with how they played. Tyler Huntley, pro, pro bowler, get, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I was going to say, Tyler Huntley was tossing balls around at the Pro Bowl. I turned it on. I was like, this is wild that he's in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you think they bring back Lamar? I think they have to. I mean, Lamar, you know, obviously Baltimore fans love him. Uh, he's a he's a generational quarterback. You know, not, not too many of them have the legs that he does. Um kind of like the second coming of Michael Vick almost. So I think they, you know, I think they have to do everything they can to re-sign him. I, you know, I love watching him play, uh, especially in purple. I think it'd be really weird to go to, to watch him play somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping he stays in Baltimore. Grayson, are you a snake guy? Absolutely do you, not. Do you see that going on over Eric's shoulder right now? Yeah, I've I've seen it, you know, dancing around like it's just some kind of like Egyptian, like I don't know, one of those weird snakes, but not a snake guy at all. You know, typically down here in Texas, um, when you see a snake, it's it's shot. So a good snake is a good snake is a dead snake. That's the rule of thumb. Uh, that's how I was raised. Is just a good snake is a dead snake. So I'm. You're not going to ever see me touching them, you know. You're not. You're not going to see any of that from me. You know, they kind of, they kind of give me the creeps. Do you have a kill count on them? On snakes? No, no, <laughs> I do not. I know it's been a few. Uh, my girlfriend actually stepped on a rattlesnake. Ooh, what was it? Three years ago. So this Ooh. this buck. I don't know if I can point my finger to it. That buck right there, we named the rattlesnake buck because it was shot in North Texas. Um, 
that day was the day that she stepped on the rattlesnake. Um, it was cold. It was like, it was the first freeze of the year. It was in November. Um, and then it got down to like 25 degrees or something, but that was the first time it actually froze so that we weren't looking for snakes, but you know, like in Texas, like I say, like you wake up in the morning, it's 30 degrees. And then by the middle of the day, it's 80. So like, it was probably about 75, 80 degrees around noon and we were loading up to go back out to hunt and she actually stepped on it. And, you know, you could hear the rattles just going, um, but just pretty crazy. Um, Mr. No shoulders, but no, I haven't, I don't have a count on how many I've killed. I know it's just a bunch. So probably a this whole wheel barrel the, full. <laughs> this might be the only podcast in podcast history to have someone with, you know, buck hung over their podcast background and another with a live snake. It may never have been done. This may be the first time. I, I didn't, you know, me and Banks can't hold a candle. What's going on behind you two guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to bet it's the first. So <laughs> send that in to Guinness. I'm all for it. Now. And so we, we got to talking about this a little bit um, before we started recording, but obviously you're a big hunter. You got all the the mounts up there um, and you talked about it on the Cespedes family barbecue uh, podcast the other day, um, which was great. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it after you listen to this one. But um, you talked about how your fit, your favorite animal to hunt is a white tailed deer. Obviously, um, if you could, what is your dream hunt? Are you going to like the safari? Like if there's one animal and again, you, you don't, we talked about it. You, you hunt for, you know, for, for, um, you're not just out there slaughtering animals, just slaughter them. You, it's for research and stuff like that. But say for fun, unlimited funds, anything like that, you can go and hunt one animal out there. What, what would you want to, to hunt? Um, that's a tough one. You know, off the top of my head, probably a Colorado elk with a bow so another thing to shoot them with a bow um like deer all these animals have really good noses they can smell you hear you you know an elk are, are by far the best at that um, and I think the hard part about shooting an elk right now is their rut. So their mating season, which is when they're the most active, is in the month of September. And if any baseball fans out there know, the month of September uh, is still baseball season. So baseball baseball players miss out on the best part, best time of the year to hunt elk. Um, so that's something that, that I'm going to have to get at after I uh, finish up my career, hopefully in 20 years, we'll call it that. But uh, hopefully that's something that, that I can do, you know, when I'm done with baseball and have a few World Series rings in the orange and black. There we go. So, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, an elk, an elk with a bow is probably the, the number one thing on my list right now. You know, you mentioned something about African safaris and all that stuff. I'm really not into that. Uh, I don't really think I have a any kind of drive to go shoot a zebra or an African animal or kind of, you know, something like that. You know, I'm not really interested in that, but, uh, but yeah, probably an elk. Have you ever seen the picture of Adam LaRoche and the elk he killed? If you haven't just Google like Adam LaRoche elk, it is, again, we talked about the mountain lion with Derek Wolf before, but it is massive. Like it's in, again, I don't think, obviously you realize how big they are, but like, I don't think normal people realize how big elk are. They're huge like massive. yeah they're yeah they're pretty big um i've seen cows 
I've seen cows before hunting, um, you know, hunting in like north, northwestern Oklahoma. We've seen some, but no big bulls. And that's not when I've been elk hunting. That was deer hunting. But no, Adam LaRoche is a very respected figure in the outdoor world. Um, obviously, he hunts with Buck Commander, which is uh, the old Duck Dynasty crew, Willie Robertson and them. Um, Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, those guys um, watch that show a lot. But yeah, he's a very, uh, very uh, famous bow hunter and he's good at it. I was going to ask, are there like people you look up to in the hunting game? Like, is that a situation where, you know, baseball players have role models? Do you like have people? I just have, no, I have so little context of this world at all. Yeah. So um, David Blanton is one of mine. Uh, he's a real tree guy. You know, if you ever see camo, it's probably a real tree camo pattern. They kind of revolutionized uh, the hunting industry. Um, and I actually kind of fangirled the other day, freaked out because I had posted something or, or commented on a post or something. And he actually liked my comment. And so it kind of made me go a little crazy there for a bit, um, you know, <laughs> watching him on TV, uh, seeing all that stuff. And then uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Bone Collector. Um, that guy's name You know, he's a very outdoor beliefs behind what we're doing some hunting shows out there is just kind of i don't know they're doing it for the views not necessarily education purposes uh but but yeah those two those two guys that i mentioned are doing it for the right ways i was gonna say is that are those like the like what's the what's the goat conversation what's the kobe and lebron like what's the mj and lebron like are there arguments over like who's the goat hunter like no, I don't, nothing like that, because technically, I guess you can't put statistics on deer hunters. You know, you can put statistics on herd, you know, herd populations, different stuff like that. But, but no, I mean, it's not, there's not like a, a Chris Kyle out there, I guess, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> we'll put, we'll, we'll just go ahead and call him the goat. So it feels like, it feels like hunting is like a community, like, I don't, this is going to sound like a random comparison, but like skateboarding where everyone's just in it for the love of the game and just wants everyone else to do well and have fun. It's not like, you know, stop trying to divide these people, RDT. Let them, let them all go. I'm just asking. I, again, we don't know about the world. I'm just asking. We're trying to educate. Yeah. 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 What is the, what are the, we need to get you some, like, I mean, I feel like you need to get in the outdoor sponsorship game. This feels like, you know, the next step, once you kind of get into the big leagues, establish yourself is, is start to, you know, do some, do some content with some hunting people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of opening that door right now um, with some different sponsors, gear, camo, you know, things that I use. There's actually uh, a sporting goods store in Kent County, Maryland called Molly's place. I don't know if you've ever seen me or DL post about that. Um, it's like an outdoor store, mini bass pro. Um, we've gotten to know the owner DL got me on it. He got me in contact with him. He had it first. Um, but those folks over there, um, you know, they're, they're pretty special. Um, we've got something going on there right now. Um, but in terms of filming, you know, um, not really, not really into that right now. I kind of film my own stuff, edit it a little bit, duck hunts, shooting deer, stuff like that. Um, but you know, I don't really have a, an interest in going on TV yet, I guess you could say, or YouTube. So I just kind of enjoy it. Something I like to do, you know, just whenever, you know, rather see it as a hobby and not a job. That's fair. That's very fair. Now we'll go a little, not serious, but we'll dive into baseball a little bit. Um, 
GM Michael Elias has had a lot of uh, high praise for you this all this offseason. He's, you know, basically came out and was like, I expect Grayson to break camp with, you know, the starting rotation in the big leagues. Um, what does that mean, again, to, you know, to hear your GM, who who is, I mean, again, he's the, the head honcho, to just come out and openly say that. Again, it would, it's one thing to say that to you, but it's another thing for him to, you know, kind of puff his chest out and say, you know, hey, we fully expect Grayson, you know, if he's healthy to break camp with us. Like, does that put more pressure on you? What's kind of your mindset once you hear that? Are you kind of just like the Cam Newton gif? Like you're nodding like, all right, it's it's go time or, or what's kind of what kind of goes into that? Yeah, it's a huge confidence boost. Um, obviously, you know, since since they're pulling for you, um, you know, last year, obviously the lat injury and stuff kind of slowed it down. Um, so, you know, rolling into this year. You know, that's that's obviously one of my goals uh, is to make the big league team out of spring training. Um, you know, that's their decision, you know, but I'm going to try to put myself in the best position, you know, to make sure that that happens. And that's just to go out every spring training outing, whether it's on the backfield and a stadium, you know, facing other hitters, our own hitters um, to just go out and throw strikes, you know, be in the zone and just dominate and let everything else take care of itself. And, and again, I don't, I don't want to steal the shine from the Cespedes guys, um, but you had a quote on their podcast and you don't have to tell the whole story again, but for the people who didn't hear it, can you again, just talk about, you said the game plan when you, when you were drafted and went to that spring training, how you said the old regime basically just said for the first three innings, we're going to throw fastballs and, and we're going to go from there. Like, can you kind of just elaborate on that and, like what when you heard that, are you kind of just like, huh? Like we're we're just gonna throw fastballs? Like Yeah, so obviously when I was drafted in 2018, making it to the rookie league, um, not gonna name any names, but that was actually said to me. Like that's like literally that was said to me. And just seeing the way that the organization is now, it's a complete 180. Um, when we had Chris Holt. Uh, well, when Elias came in, you know, and then we had Chris Holt, Justin Ramsey, those guys, um, you know, their whole their whole ordeal was, you know, we're going to throw the kitchen sink at them in the first inning like it's the seventh inning. Like, you know, from from that first pitch on, you know, they 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 don't need to know that a fastball's coming or, you know, we're trying to get guys out. You know, we're not trying to see what works or what we might get lucky on or you know, whatever, like we're, we're going after guys, we're attacking them. Uh, and that was really, uh, a big change. Obviously the strikeouts increased, um, not necessarily letting them put the ball in play. Um, you know, there's a lot of homers hit in the game today, you know, so contact, contact pitch kind of, I'm not going to say on its way out the door because there's a lot of contact pitchers in the big leagues that have really good results. But, you know, as the strikeouts tick up, there's bigger holes in guys' swings because they're trying to put the ball over the fence. Um, you know, definitely just grooving them fastballs uh, isn't going to work. So uh, mixing that up and, and kind of, you know, getting this new game plan that, that they've developed, uh, you can definitely see it's working uh, throughout the whole minor league system. You know, like we have a lot of dang good pitchers in the minor leagues. I mean, whether it's in low A Del Marva or Norfolk, like if you go to a minor league game, if you go to any affiliate, show up, you're probably going to see a pretty good pitching display. I mean, there's a we're we're loaded with arms. There's a lot of guys you don't hear about, um, but yeah, I mean the pitching the pitching side looks pretty good. 
during the season last year, people were really wowed by what the coaching staff or what this, you know, you know, the organization did with some, you know, unheralded arms, especially in the bullpen, which really came together as one of the more surprising units throughout baseball. Was that just not surprising to you guys? Were you like, that's exactly what was supposed to happen? Like, these are the things that everyone's bought in on and everyone is getting better in this way. And, and, on the outside for us, it was like, wow, this is a, a bullpen with, you know, no disrespect to those guys, but coming to the year, a lot of no names and they're, you know, pitched great. Was that just not shocking to you guys at all? Not really. Um, you know, I think, like you said, it was shocking to a lot of the fans. Uh, I guess the fans and the outside world doesn't get to see, you know, all the drills, all the bullpens thrown at spring training. Um, you know, I know like the, the first time we went out and faced hitters, uh, spring training last year, I was paired with CNL Perez. And I was like, good Lord, this dude is nasty. Like he was like upper 90s with a fastball, like just just nasty slider. And I was like, you know, where did this guy come from? Um, I think he was with the Reds before um, is what somebody had said, if I remember right. But I'm like, dude, this guy is just mm-hmm. disgusting. And, of course, you saw that this year. Like he went out, did what he did best. Um, I think the Orioles, like Sig, um, they all do a really good job of like letting guys know what they do best um, and then having them go out and use those weapons. Um, a lot of pitchers that I had mentioned before, um, like, you know, if, if you think your curveball is the best pitch and you always throw your curveball, but your slider is actually your best pitch, it grades the best um, analytically, you know, and, if you're not throwing that slider the most, you're not going to have good results. So guys really find out a lot about themselves with these systems that we've been going out and pitching and using them. Love to hear all that. Um, I remember reading something about Perez. Yeah. And they were like, how did this guy not stick in the reds? Like the reds of all teams, no, no disrespect to the reds, but they were like, they could use all the arms they could get. Like, it's crazy that they let a guy like him, kind of fall into the lap like you said of the, the Orioles pitching lab which I know people like love to talk about on Twitter um <clears throat> and again kind of just like a, a bigger look um at just the team in general like how exciting is it for you guys and and I think a lot of people they've known how close you guys are you know everyone on the team all the young guys like they see how much you guys like genuinely enjoy each other and again we saw it all on Saturday but like how exciting is it for you guys to basically I mean you're all reaching the bigs at the same, pretty much the same time. Like, you know, your clocks are all starting right around the same time. And that's got to just be like, you know, kind of like a dream come true. Again, you see all the, the talent you guys have and you've been working for years and years and years. And now you're seeing it come to fruition. Like that just has to hype you up. Like just get you guys so pumped up. I mean, what, what's it like for, again, all you guys to basically be boom, 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 coming up, coming up, coming up. And again, hopefully you're, you're, you know, you're the next one. You're following DL and Gunner and, and Adley. Just what's it like for you guys, again, to just be basically reaching bigs at the same time? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's, it's honestly like really helpful that, you know, your friends or the guys that are similar to your age, you know, are going through it all together. So, you know, there's a lot of resources you can use. Um, I know, like, obviously veterans help you with that, but, you know, a big league veteran went through that 10 years ago, and that's different than the game is today and things that go on. So I think being able to have guys that are your age, that are your friends, that you hang out with outside the field, that you play video games with, you go golfing with, 
um, to have them all kind of going through it together, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it's not individualized, like going into the big leagues, like everybody's learning it together. So like with the Orioles, very young team, you're going to see a lot of minor league guys, like prospects get called up and it's something that, you know, so it's almost like three bodies or four bodies, like attacking one thing and not just by yourself in your own world. Uh, I'll get you out here on this, Grayson. Um, we, I think we chatted when we had John before last year around it. We, we asked you like, you know, we assumed you were just going to get there and, and ask you sort of like, what, it, what will it mean to make your major league debut? I'm not going to jinx it again. So I'm not going to ask you that question again, but how excited are you just for the season? I'll just ask you how excited you are for the season. We'll just keep it at that. Yeah. Um, every day this off season has gone by slow. It's like, I've just sat there looking at the clock. Um, <laughs> you know, I think about, you know, I, I think about it every night when I go to bed and I think about it every morning when I wake up, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I've been looking forward to since I was five years old, you know, playing T-ball with a big league uniform on, um, being old enough to watch the games on TV. It's just something that I've always wanted to do. Um, so this off season's gone by really slow and I'm just eager chomping at the bit to get to Florida um, and to get it rolling, you know, to see what this year has in store. Let's get this guy to Florida. We need to get this guy to Florida. Then we need to get him to Baltimore. We need to get him on the mound at a certain stadium, but I'm not jinxing. I'm not, I just, I, we can't, we can't directly say it this time. We're not going to do it. Grace Rodriguez. Thanks so much for giving us your time. Third, third time on the podcast. You're always great. Um, appreciate seeing you and the boys out on Saturday night. I was not being able to be out there, but it sounded like it was a great time. And, uh, Love how you guys have embraced Baltimore. So appreciate you, man. Uh, enjoy your time that that has the rest of the offseason. It sounds like you want the offseason to be over. So maybe let's end the offseason and get this guy to spring training. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. You know, this is one of my favorite podcasts to get on. You know, it's just it's a great time. Back to you in the studio. Trust, trust. Back here on the Exit 52 podcast. Thanks once again to Grayson Rodriguez for jumping on the show with us. Uh, Grayson is a great quote. He is going to be um, a good guy for these beat reporters to go to the locker room and talk to. Just we'll talk about anything fun loving um, and, and we appreciate him coming on. You guys were out there really cool. We, we touched on it there, but you guys just give your kind of final thoughts on it. Um, really good job by the Orioles. I think they got all those guys, you know, out there in the, in the, the, the caravan situation. I think that's, you know, almost better than a fan fest. You don't have to pay for it. You're not as gatekeeped. You can, you know, if you're dedicated, you can go. And, you know, Banks, you were standing in line trying to get a checker spot. So there's definitely some interest in people trying to get in there. Um, really cool stuff. And and those guys seem to really embrace it. And I think that they have something going here with this young group of guys that have really embraced playing in Baltimore and, you know, being a part of this team's rise and they, they, and the, the relationship they have. We've talked about it a lot, but it's, it's, it's pretty special. And I think, will be perfect for a city that, as I said, with the Ravens, is not exactly like on the national stage a ton. Um, and I think this group of guys fits really well into into what the city wants. So really cool stuff and um, great stuff from Grayson on the interview. I mean, we we covered it, you know, talking about the caravan stuff, but, and I, I can't say it enough, like everyone at the event was awesome, like knocked it out of the park. I mean, you legitimately could, were, were, right across from Mike Elias pouring beers and Brandon, <clears throat> Brandon Hyde, you know, doing the same thing. And again, Adeline Grayson and DL and them <clears throat> were just walking around doing whatever. And they were talk to anyone, talk to everyone. At one point I got put in a headlock by Adley. Brian, I don't know if you were there for that. Like, nope. 
it was oh it was it was nuts it was awesome it was it was so cool um again awesome videos and clips coming out about it um i don't know how that video of me and adley keeps getting retweeted of him telling me it's my town i'm working with elon to get it taken off the internet um i may or may not be looking into seeing if i can get that video you know displayed on a tv and framed in my house we're we're working on it, but um, again, just an awesome night. And again, the guys are super, they're, they're awesome. They're, they're very approachable. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm inside cause I got there at one 30 and Brian's outside going, Adley's out here, like dapping people up and giving people high fives and then DLs passing out beers, to everyone waiting in line. Like it was again, I mean, people were fired up. Like they were legitimately excited. Um, and I'm not talking about the old guys who got in the fight upstairs. Like, it, it was just it was an all around awesome event. Um, I, they they really really I didn't go to any of the other caravan events, but this one was by far like one of the coolest things we've ever done. Like I mean they they were taking pictures, taking videos. You know they're they're chugging with people. I challenged Michael Elias to a chug off. He said no, only Diet Coke. Um, which I then said let's go to the parking lot and do the beers. Um, again it, it was just everyone was very approachable, and you could ask them questions and talk to them and. That was it. I mean, it, it was it was really, really cool. It was an awesome day. It, it was it's cool. Most of all, I think to and and this isn't news, but to just kind of see the camaraderie that they have, given that they've all come up in the system together. So they've just got a really good rapport. And um, it's not like piecemeal. It's not um, inauthentic. Like these guys are, are great buddies together. And I think that they're they're as excited as we are you know, to just kind of go through this process and, and kind of make, you know, put Baltimore baseball back on the map. They're all fired up to do it. They're fired up to meet people and see the fans. Cause they've seen the growth over the last couple of years versus um, I mean, Grayson, I, I hadn't even realized that he had done caravan events two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And for him to just see the difference and see the progress that, you know, you know, they're putting in the work and they're, they're progressing and, and, you know, they're refining their skills and working hard and doing their thing. And that's a lot of input. And the output is the performance on the field. And the byproduct of that is, is the, the adoration from the fans and, and the big time, the big leagues and all those types of things. And for most of these guys, like they're just right there at the tip of the iceberg. Like they're, they're really just getting a taste of everything. And, um, I think that there's a little bit of a um, there's a sense of like, I don't know, like they, they, they haven't wrapped their heads around it quite yet in a good way. Like it's, it's so fun and fresh for them. And it's, it's, it's the same for all of us as fans. So um, just a great group of dudes and I'm excited to see, I'm excited for the season. I think everybody is. Yeah. I, I the, what you guys said, something up. I, I wasn't able to be there for any of it. But I think it just, and I asked the question to Grayson, like there's just this general build of excitement. And I love that the fans were able to get, and these guys were really able to get like one-on-one and have those interactions. I think opening day is going to be electric. I, I thought I thought about this like a month ago and we've said a little bit on the podcast of like the excitement for the season and just kind of each week, different things happen. And this, these the social media stuff from this and people being there and all the caravan events. 
I think that place is going to be really like rocking in a way that it has like there's always opening day excitement. And it's like a little bit of like a party event anyway. So even if the team's not good, you're just excited. It's, the day is normally pretty, you know, I guess it's been cold a, a, a bunch of times, but like you're open for a nice day and like get out and you, you take the day off and you, you're doing whatever. I think the place is going to be like going crazy for the, for the pregame introductions on the orange carpet. Like I, I think there is going to be like a lot of people like out and about, like almost like a Ravens game type of, atmosphere um unlike it's maybe been in the last few years when they haven't been as good i'm very excited for it i feel like i i kind of want to be in the stadium normally for opening day just some like out and about baltimore not like going to the game i kind of want to go to the game now like, i kind of want to be it almost feels like this you know to quote the great uh movie high school musical this feels like the start of something new and so i'm excited for it <laughs> You're welcome for that one, RDT. You love that one. I've never seen the movie, so. <clears throat> oh my god! Also, you sound like you're still recovering from this thing. Good lord. He was. I I lost my voice on Thursday. Brian, I Brian comes into the bar on sa- on Saturday and like here's my voice. I had no voice, and he was like, "Wow, like, you know, this is the first caravan event. Like, you got you're already losing your voice." And I was like, "No, this thing was gone Thursday." Um, so I've been, I've, I think I've eaten about 40 cough drops in the last day. Maybe, um, I got some mucinex over there. I'm about to chug. Um, I did just chi up, so it, it's gonna, <laughs> the medicine will, we're, we're all kinds of medicated tonight. Um, but yeah, again, pe- people are pumped, you know, get your tickets to the Jimmy's, uh, tailgate event. Uh, loud luxury is going to be there because they couldn't double up with two friends, but loud luxury is, uh, is, is pretty damn good too. Um, and I'm with you again. I mean, I, people are excited. People are very excited and rightfully so. Um, again, it's hard not to see the videos of them chugging and, and all that. And again, the, the the quote from Grayson being like, I go to bed every day thinking about it. I wake up every morning thinking about so it. Like good. all I want to do is is like play baseball like that. And that's when I was like, fucking go. Like, and you said it best. Get this guy to Florida. Get him to Florida. Keep him healthy. Let's let's give him let's give him the ball every fifth day and let's just fucking let's just have a good time because it's it's going to be a very fun season. I think I saw 77 and a half as the over under for wins, which I think I'm taking the over hammer that over. Yeah, hammer yeah. it. Um, I've already placed I, money on Gunner rookie of the year. I couldn't help but look at the um, just look at the way the schedule plays out and, and like what game of the season is that home game. It's the seventh game of the season. So if you follow a traditional rotation, five-man, it would be the number two starter in theory. Could that be Grayson? I, I don't know. It would be an electric way to open things up. Someone also said, oh, what was it? I think, because where do they go? They go to Boston, right? Is it Boston? And then uh, Texas? Hold on. Because I... I saw someone say like, uh, yeah, Boston, Grayson, Texas. So someone was like, you know, say they have him at four or five. Grayson can make his major league debut in Texas. Again, we just talked to him, um, you know, where he's from, where all his family is and stuff like that. So that would kind of be cool. I, I could see, you know, I don't know if they do something like that. I think that would be pretty cool though. Again, for Grayson, like knowing him and again, how much he talks about Texas and how much he loves it. Like, to see him make his debut in that in that you know ballpark in front of a ton of friends and family would be awesome. I think that'd be very cool. So I'm hoping I'm I'm pulling for him. I mean, it would be great to see him, you know, stay healthy, 
make you know make the rotation out of out of spring training and then it's just it's just you know i mean everything is go all gas no brakes say whatever you want but that could be that could be a very fun situation they make it through uh spring training healthy yeah i've got just knocking on all the wood that all these guys stay healthy it would be like I was good. I didn't want to say it, but that's going to be the one thing that I think will take the air out of, you know, people's excitement again, obviously, if there is an injury, but we're not going to, we're not going to talk and speculate. Yeah. I didn't even want to put it. I didn't even want to put it into the, uh, into the ether when we were talking to Grayson. Um, Let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, You can just re up with Fed Thrill. Thanks to Fed Thrill. Continue to support the podcast. Talked about that last week a little bit. Um, 20% off your sunglasses needs. Um, go online, find FedThrill's website, get your sunglasses, promo code exit 52, get you 20% off. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm going to maybe break some news here. The Kelsey brothers are playing in the Super Bowl on opposite teams. Did you guys know that? I had not heard that yet. Okay. I had heard Thanks. the rumors. Are you saying that they're true? Yes, I heard the rumors from Inez. Mm-hmm. That's a Taylor Swift reference that is sky high over RDT's head. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they're brothers. RDT, to let you know, you heard rumors. So, Banks, you were sort of had an inkling. RDT, you have no idea. So, Travis Kelsey, Jason, they're brothers. They're playing on the one's playing on the Eagles, one playing. Their mom is actually. Um, you know, going to be at the game, and she's you know able to get to a lot of the games that I you may not have seen, you may have seen, you may not have seen, you probably haven't. So they're 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 playing in there. So we are going to drop brothers, sets of brothers here in the starting five draft percent by third. We almost did siblings, but we're going to do sisters later. So we'll just spread it out into two groups. I think I said siblings last week. Now we'll do um, sets of brothers one week, and then sets of sisters another week. So that will be that. Um, Ben, you have the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick, and I have the third pick. So, Banks, fire away. I'm just going to take Cal and Billy right off the bat. Got to do it. Easy first pick. Baltimore as hell. Picture just came across my timeline today of uh, Cal Sr. with the two of them, 1987. So, uh, I'm going to take the old double play combo. That was mine. Good pick. Yep. Good pick. Cal was, <laughs> was hoping Billy for it. A long, Billy, good TV career for Billy Ripken for a guy that wasn't like a great player. Shout out to him. I respect it. Good hustle. I, li- I like him. I like him a lot on MLB Network. Yeah, he's, I good. he's really good. I think he's going to be on MLB Network. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Um, I will take, I'll, I'll go chalk. I'll go Peyton and Eli. Mm. Good, good, uh, good performance by them uh, this week at this weekend at the Pro Bowl. Um, Manning cast is obviously very hot in the streets. Um, again, I mean, two, two personable guys in, in their own different way. Um, the great sports center commercial, which they were showing during the pro bowl, like all time sports center commercial, um, of them too. And the family touring, uh, ESPN. Um, and we can even throw in, um, Oh fuck. Oh my gosh. What's really? The name? What's no, the name? This would be tough. This is tough. Come on. You can't just throw Cooper. him in if you can't. Cooper. Sorry. Name sorry. Him. Yeah. Right, you, I wasn't going to give it. I wasn't going to give him to you unless you knew. I, 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 I got it. We, we're, we're back. We're back. If they're listening, I do apologize. Um, But my my dad did have a, a uh, text me at the Pro Bowl and he said, I, 
he said, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be the first to say this, but I'm kind of tired of the Manning brothers. He thinks they're, they're being over, uh, Overshown over. I can can see that. I'm not there, but I could see it. I said, I said, I also, I'm with Banks. I'm with Banks on that. I, yeah, I'm not there yet because again, they're going to fall off the cliff. I mean, they're not going to do anything after they're done. Like, they're not going to do anything for the Super Bowl. They're going to, we're not going to see them again until next season. So I don't think they're being over, oversaturated or I don't know what, whatever the word is. Um, but yeah. Peyton and Eli, what do they got? Three Super Bowls between them, decent amount of records. Four. They've each got Four. two. Pey- Peyton has two. Correct. Um, forgot about that last one. Yeah, go back and look at his stats that year. He was awful. He was so he was bad. awful. They won with their defense. People do That's not talk about that enough. That's another good they were really bad. Really, really they bad. They won with their defense. So, yep. Peyton and Eli. Um. Uh, Imagine if they played in the Super Bowl though. Oh my lord! I remember when they played on Sunday night, and it was like a massive deal. Like, yeah, that would have been insane. <laughs> that would have been absolutely insane. Um, who do I want to go with here? Uh, I'm just gonna take. I'm just gonna take them. Um, I'm gonna take the Jonas Brothers. First round, they create. Wow. Yeah, they make bangers. I, I'm gonna give them their respect. I, I've been to a Jonas Brothers concert. This is a pick I could have easily gotten later, but this is a respect pick for me. Jonas Brothers have bangers. They seem like pretty good guys. Play golf. They play golf. Like they, they just. I think you could like have a beer with them. It wouldn't be weird. Like a lot of celebrities, um, girls like them. Guys seem to be fine with them. You know, I'm 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 in on the the job, and they put on a great show. They were I went to see them in Baltimore right before the pandemic. Put on a fantastic show. So. All, all love for the Jonas Brothers. I'm in on those guys. So I'll take there. Um, and then I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to take the Chase Brothers, Johnny and Vinny Chase. I'm going to take them <laughs> right here. Johnny wow. Chase, one of the great characters. I love that show. And I just didn't have a, another one that stuck out to me like that one. So I'm going to get that one right now. I'm going to take. I'm going to go fictional. I'm going to do Johnny and Vinny Chase. I love Entourage. Vinny Chase, or I'm sorry, not Vinny Chase, Drama Chase, Drama. Um, big fan of Two Friends. Two Friends, yeah, yeah, that was funny. I enjoyed that. I was cracking. So that's that's where I'm gonna go. That's so good. It's a good pick. I was hoping the Mannings would get to me. I didn't think the Ripkins could. I was hoping you wouldn't pick the Mannings, and I could get the Mannings there. But I had to, I had to change up a little bit. But I like those two picks. I'm excited to have both of them on my team. Uh, RDT. I will take Give me Brett Noah Hart. Mm, I like that. Wow. Classic. Classic. That's classic. Bret Hart, my dad, my dad's favorite wrestler. Um, I was always a Shawn Michaels guy, so little bit of mm. a rivalry. Um I always thought he wow, much was respect better. for taking Brett then. He was a great, he's a great wrestler. I'll give him that. You know, I it's a fantastic wrestler. Owen obviously was a uh, was another guy in his own kind of. He was awesome too. Um, awful, obviously. What happened with him falling from the uh, horrible falling horrible. from the, and and I can't remember if we said it on the podcast or not, but I forget where I I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere after the Demar Hamlin Hamlin stuff, and they were like, 
looking at this makes me realize how much of a fucking animal Vince McMahon is because Owen Hart died during a pay-per-view event. They just cleaned it up and kept going. Like, just said, you know, we're going to wipe the blood off the mat and we're going to go. And that's kind of just who Vince McMahon is. So I'll never forget that that morning, too. I remember waking up and my dad being like, hey, Owen Hart died last night and like watching the Today Show. And obviously they didn't show it, but like being like, what? Like, Owen, how does Owen Hart like he didn't? Yeah, he, how did he die? Um, so, again, just two legendary wrestlers, um, each in their own each in their own way. But they they were both very fun to watch. So we'll go with Owen and Owen and Bret Hart. Good pick. I like that pick. Bret Hart um, may have a part to play here in a couple weeks with with WWE with the Sami Zayn storyline. We'll see if he gets involved there. Ooh, you gotta let me know because I will not watch. Yeah, you. Uh, here's the <laughs> thing. This is why it's so tough for wrestling. Like, you like have all these great memories, and this is just you grow out of things or whatever. But like, of like watching wrestling as a kid and like your dad watching it, and then. WWE just loses some of those people. And it's like the product is still a lot of the things you remember. It's just like some people just like, like, that's no issue. Like I got into wrestling later than you did. And then sort of, and then mm. still like it. It's kind of interesting. But the best part is like, you can bring so many people into a wrestling situation. They kind of know because they watched it at some point. If they had the two years they watched or the five years they watched it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bank shift two. I had a wrestling duo higher on my board. Than, than those and i'm gonna take them now i'm taking taking the brothers of destruction wow yeah that's right undertaker kane i mean two guys i thought right you there. were gonna take but yeah so be it so be it i've got some ideas no it's, it's a hell of a pick i mean but oh yeah no it's a great pick i know it's a great pick um pick. yeah i mean i'm not a kane guy oh i was a big but you just kane don't guy. understand kane. Kane guy. i'm not a kane guy i like the undertaker I mean, never, the been, never was a game guy, but it's a great pick. It's perfect. Off the cage is an all-time moment. Yeah, that's that's Taker. Was it? Yeah, it's Taker into the back of the truck. I'm almost positive that's Taker. Hell in the cell. It's like Hell in the cell with wow. With, it was really six gonna, six guys. It was here. it was Rikishi, The Rock, Steve Austin, Undertaker, Kane, and Kurt Angle. Maybe Kurt Angle's in it. Yes, there's the it's the all-time Rock promo who does the impression of all of them. It's an amazing rock promo backstage where he calls <laughs> I can't even say it. I, wrestling was wild. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Um, that was. Yeah. I remember being devastated when I found out that they weren't actually like that. The two people playing the undertaker and Kane were not actually brothers. I was like, Wait, this like this this can't it's, be like it's this. great writing. Yeah, it's it's, just... it's it's Armageddon two thousand. It's Kurt Angle, The Undertaker, Triple H, Stone Cold, Rikishi, and The Rock. So it's Undertaker put some. Not the Kane was in some hell, hell in the cells. There's no doubt about that. So he, you know, you remember what Kane's job was too? What they said he was. Dentist. Right off the top of my head at the beginning. He was a dentist. Right. He was a dentist. Then he's the mayor. He's the mayor of the mayor um, now. Some town in Kansas. Place in Tennessee. Some, Tennessee. I think it's Tennessee. Glenn, yeah. Glenn, Glenn. Oh, name? that's escaping me. Glenn. Oh, I should know that. Oh, wow. I can't remember. That's so bad, Taylor. Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs, yeah. 
in a movie called See No Evil when WWE is making movies too. Good pick. Um, you have another one. I'm taking the Harbaugh brothers. Mm. John and Jim. Super Bowl. It's been done before. Better brother won. I think this is the second week in a row that I've taken Jim Harbaugh. What did we even do last week? <laughs> um, uh, complainers. And you can take a fifth <laughs> overall. <laughs> yep. So be it. These guys know it's ball. Funny. Guys know ball. Um, RDT. Um, Brennan Huff and Dale Dobek. Okay. Mm. okay. It's two brothers who did, really didn't get along at first. Obviously, learned to overcome, uh, adapt and overcome. Uh, formed up against uh, and and another evil brother, and yeah, you know, ended up making making a decent life at the age of you know forty four, forty three, something like that. So, very uh, uh, just funny guys, and. Again, I think they're a, they're a decent group of uh, a decent twosome of brothers. It's a good pick. I don't have much to say to expand, but it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two here. I'm also going to go. I love that wrestling. We're all going to have wrestling. This is the top was the top of my wrestling board. I'm taking Matt and Jeff Hardy. Hardy that's boys. that's who I thought Brian was taking. They they yeah, taking were also ahead of the Hart brothers for me. Just mute yourself. Just muted myself with my space bar. That is a tough scene. No, I uh, didn't. I, I tried to mute myself because I was coughing and I muted you. I, was, I apologize. Oh, oh, I did. It's uh, fine. You're just trying to trying to bring me down. Um, some great uh, the, the latter matches with like Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, legendary. Uh, at WrestleMania 17, that is one of the great matches in the history of the event. Um, those guys both have done a bunch of things individually. They've had their personal troubles. Um, but the Hardy Boys are the best. They're they're so exciting and um have continued to be, have been a factor for like twenty five years in wrestling. When when I think TLC, so, I think of the Hardy Brothers. Yeah, yes. yeah, not waterfalls. Yeah. Think of ladders. That's yeah. correct. Oh, RIP Left Eye. Oh, I think. I mean, I think about yeah. it, but not not as much yeah. as Matt and Jeff. But I I will say too, yeah. um, the Hardy Brothers are the reason that my friend's bunk bed had to be taken down because him and I. <laughs> Would wrestle with his little brother. bombs. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I've never got a talking to from like an opposing parent, like a parent that was mine. Opposing like, parent, like, <laughs> like a, a parent who was yeah, yeah. Being like, you cannot swanton oh, no. bomb our four-year-old you hate when son. You get brought into the office of the opposing parents. You hate yeah, that. It's the worst. You hate that. You hope that your you hope that your friendly parents can come in and, and beat the opposing game. parents. Yeah, it's it was, no, it's that was at his house. It's, yeah, when you're on the road, that's a tough spot as a kid. When you're when you're on like the play date or whatever, you're like hanging with your and friends. then you, you got to like bomb. You have to be able to feel out parents. I one time kicked through it down at the uh, the Shoals house. I one time kicked through a wall and was like, "Oh God, I don't really know what I do here. Like, what's the protocol of kicking through the wall?" Ended up being okay. <laughs> they were very nice about it. I threw a rock through the back of our friend's minivan. <laughs> We were throwing rocks over cars, and I grabbed a rock. That's, probably that, let me tell you about that's that's smart. That's smart. Yes, very smart. And again, I th- I grabbed a rock that was probably the size of a football. Two hands over oh, my head God. like this, 
Woof. Right into the back of the maggots red minivan. Just completely shattered it. You want to know <laughs> what my punishment was for my parents? There's no McDonald's for a year. Because they oh, said man, that's how year? we have to. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's how I knew I was fucked. Like that it was <laughs> I was actually in trouble. That and hearing so wait, the wait, 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 wait. last windshield. No, like they take all fast food away or just McDonald's? I think it was just McDonald's. I think we that's were such a sad, like that's so funny. I love everything. We like that. we didn't do Burger King. We didn't do Taco Bell. Like it, we were strictly no. like McDonald's household. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Would they get it? That was but tough. Just not give it to you. Like they would give it to your brother. No, your no, no. And... no. They weren't like eating in front of me, being like, <laughs> I would have <laughs> your pot roast. <laughs> oh no. I would have respected. They just come back with like yeah. a couple. Big and they're just like you're just. They're just like, like hope that rock is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. Throwing rocks oh, no. over cars is one of the, yeah, that's that's when you know you're making bad decisions as a kid. But that was before we decided to go out and right next to Route 29, throw rocks over the road, which is a four-lane highway, which, again, we got yelled at plenty of times. But that's neither here nor that's there. Funny. Swanton bombs. Swanton bombs are awesome. The Swanton bombs, bombs are awesome. We used to, we used to what do was the game. thing they would do with, like, their, like, how did they do it? Didn't they have some hands? I don't know. Like, it, was, it was the whole thing. It was like the my buddy used to do it all the time, and like, wasn't it God, this? So fucking cool. I don't. Wasn't I don't. I thought it was. I no, thought it was. There the were definitely this, this going know. on. It was something with this. He, I don't remember. Matt Hardy would go like this. I think Jeff Hardy went like like would bring the finger. This is great radio, by the way. I picture I mean, Lita doing it too. Yeah, yeah, and they Lita. That's right. Lita was involved. Yeah, Lita was involved. Team Extreme. Oh, mm. what a what a wrestling is so great. Um, I'm, I'm going to stop the hand signal stuff because we're on a pod, on audio <laughs> format here. Um, I I can't take this last because I refuse. I have too much honor to let this be my last pick. I'm taking the Smythe brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Smythe brothers. Uh, Taylor Burke and Sam. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, H- want, anybody my, I, I didn't want anybody. Had them high on my board. Yeah, character issues. Yeah. Sorry, though, some of them character Whoa. issues. So. Oh. Yeah, I tell you what, Sam is a scoundrel, so that's not shocking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hurts him off brothers, the field stuff, and it ain't great. Look, I I'm not gonna, I'm not here to talk the past. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what what a great set of brothers. You got some twins in there with me and Burke. You have Sam younger. Some people think me and Sam are twins because we look more alike than me and Burke. It's a it's a heck of a combination of guys, and I love them very much. So I had to get them. I did. I had to pick them. Um, but yeah, some off the, certainly some off the field concerns with everybody involved there. So we'll have to deal with that in the locker room. <laughs> Thankfully, we have the Jonas Brothers to really balance it all out from a trio perspective. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have those opposing parents coming in late on the law. No, well, the opposing I, the opposing parents for the most part were fans of the Smites. We were pretty well behaved at, at other people. Like other than me kicking in that 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 um, wall, I feel like we did a pretty good job keeping it together at people's houses, which. You know, credit to my parents. They did a great job. But, um, yeah, we, we have a, a nice locker room building here with the Chase brothers, the Jonas brothers, the Hardy brothers. I can't wait to talk to the Hardys about wrestling. I just wanted to get myself in the locker room. This is really more of a selfish pick. Uh, okay. Banks. No. RDT. Sorry. I'm out of, I'm out of order here. Uh, this is my fourth one, correct? Yeah. Wait, wait. Do we have or the order it- right? Yeah, yeah, Banks, yeah. RDT, Taylor, Taylor, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I'm taking three brothers Italian ice. 
awesome Italian <laughs> ice. <laughs> I like that. Just, just some top end Italian ice. Um, there used to be one in Colombia that was really good. It shut down now. I think it's a weed shop. Um, oh man, never really a big times fan of their times. Their they pizza. are changing. Oh, the old Doobie I know, right? Brothers. There goes the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> but um, again, not, not really a fan of their pizza. Um, but their Italian oh. ice was like the cold, cold field house advertising oh. staple. Yep. Up until they go. redid the building a few years ago, it was still in there. When I was a student, they still had all the old advertisements up, the old Pepsi sign oh. and three brothers, maybe Lido. <laughs> Love three brothers. Thanks. I don't have much more to say about three brothers. I am. Uh, I'm going to take Mario and Luigi. I think they're about okay. to be taken here at some point. Um, couple, couple guys who know good plumbing. About to get refeatured on. <laughs> about to get featured on uh, on the big screen here in a couple months. That'll be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, the Chris. I mean, we've talked about this fall. That video of the of the uh, Gabagool uh, with the it's just so funny that that uh, Lance Cameron still does every like three weeks. <laughs> uh, it makes me laugh every time. That and the slap. You, just you guys have a preference, yeah. Mario. I was always a Luigi guy um, in Mario Tennis, so I will take him. I was always a Luigi Tennis guy as well. Yeah, is yeah. Wario and a cousin? Where does Wario fit in? I don't know the Evil total. Brother? And Waluigi, I don't know Waluigi. I don't Waluigi? know the relation there. Yeah, Waluigi I should know was that. A late ad in tennis, actually. Late ad in tennis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just thought we'll do. We'll do. Luigi a, could really. He's a really good like all court player. He could like volley, but he had like some good baseline skills. He was pretty good. He's got a good wingspan. He's he's kind of like built like Durant. One of the most humbling like, moments long. of my life. This is way off track in Mario Tennis. Is I thought I was good at Mario Tennis. I played a lot of Mario Tennis growing up. My esteemed roommate Anthony Meek, um, when we were in high high school or college, we like went back to my house and was like, "Oh, let's play Mario Tennis." And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be like super competitive." He was so much better than me; just absolutely waxed me. And I was like, "This is so upsetting that I'm not as good at this game as I thought I was." I was just feasting against computers. Sad, such a sad moment <laughs> in my life. Shout, shout out to him. He just he just got back here in the house. Um, shout out to him. I'm trying to get, Good pick, get an official word on Mario. <laughs> Who are the opposing parents? Yeah. Is Mario Warrior brother? You thought you think it would be just pretty fucking cut and dry. They're just childhood rivals. That's crazy. Interesting. You changed opposing the name W name for Wombo. Interesting. Anyways. Uh, last pick Sunday? here. Yeah, I'm gonna take yeah. uh, Ahmed and Amir Khan. Just a couple backyard sure. baseball legends. Um, Ahmed swings a big stick. I think he's underrated to that effect. Absolutely hits bombs. Was always Amir, on my team. Both guys. Yeah, Amir. Amir's just kind of a league average guy, probably rep- replacement level, but he brings the energy, brings the vibes. You know, both of them like the rock. Guy, the do, do a little back guitar. Um, he's got a level swing. I mean, he's he's all pull side, but you know, is what it is. I appreciate you, Amir. It's a ton of pull side. Yeah, it's all pull side. It's all pull yeah. side. He's good to like having like seven or eight in the lineup. I think that's always where he kind of slotted in for me. Yep. 
Ahmed was a guy you could sort of like, I'm trying to think like, I think he's a guy you could like, like five feels like, like a five hole hitter. Like oh, he's a middle power. of the order guy for sure. Middle of the order guy. I, I, but I never felt like I had like, I'm trying to think of my lineup. Like Pete Wheeler would lead off. I may have put Ahmed in the two hole. No, did I? No, I don't remember. Yeah, Pablo batting third. Kind of like, like Akeisha Phillips is a, can fit in the two hole because she can move a little bit. You know, that's a consideration. Yeah. As long as you're not putting somebody slow in the nine hole, you can't have Pete run anybody down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I love that game. We should we should like do something with that game. I don't know what we should do with it. We should do something with it. You can play it. I people still stream it on Twitch. They're like relaunching it and they reached out to me because I wrote a blog about them like a year or two ago. I ranked all the stadiums and uh I tried to get the sales team with Barstool kind of linked up because obviously we want something out of it. Um and it was a little too rich for their blood, I think, unfortunately. Mm. That's thanks. Well, they yeah. don't want to come on the X-82 podcast. We'd love to have them. <laughs> Maybe I reach back out. Yeah. Um, RDT, finish it off for yourself there, big dog. Um, Any of Hulk Hogan's friends. <laughs> he just called everybody brother, and it's just <laughs> it's such a good move. Dropping like a good, like, listen here, brother. It's just so funny. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> they showed him. He was, at the, uh, he was at the Super Bowl. He was in the 30 for 30. An oh, amazing yeah. Hulk Hogan clip came across my time on the other day of him. Like he got like screwed out of the WWE WWF title by some sort of like referee shenanigans of like the referee being an imposter or something. And he's like, yeah. how'd they play for the plastic surgery? Mean Gene, I had the Hulkamaniacs. And as he like pulls away, she's like the Hulkamaniacs. She's just like a, he's like a, plush toy that you just like has the has the buttons in it you just press he says like five different words and just combines them into sentences but it's so entertaining it's not shocking and old like now that he's in his 60s but man is it it's so funny oh, the maniacs mean gene i Amazing. still i i love dropping a brother like you know let me tell you brother i did it's just so funny so that's her i'll keep it kind of short and sweet with that Love that pick because he's canceled. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what he went on. He went on. Um, he was on the 30th anniversary of a couple of weeks ago before Royal Rumble. He got booed by some people in the crowd. It mm. was a tough scene for the mm. Hulks and the Hulkster. Like the Hulkster coming back. Like I've been at the arena when the Hulkster comes back. It's fuego. Like it was tough. Like people are out on the Hulkster. I think at this rightfully so. I'm going to take kind of an off-the-board one here, but I just feel like no one knows their first names, and I feel like that's a good signal of two guys that are brothers. I'm taking the Brian brothers, the tennis-playing Brian brothers. <laughs> Won all the doubles titles. I'm taking those guys. I don't even think I can think of their names off the top of my head. I want to say Luke, and that's not right. It's not it's Luke. Yeah, that's just Luke Bryan. It's, I want to um, say Wesley, and it's not right either. I was going to take a couple of those, but I'm going to take the Brian brothers. I just think... I don't know. I didn't have any great ones here for the end. Let's like, take the Brian Brothers. Ten percent of our listenership may know who that is. Yeah, I, but that's kind of my shtick anyway. I've got to take somebody that nobody knows. Um, 
All right. Banks took the Ripken brothers, the uh, brothers of destruction, the Harbaugh brothers, uh, Mario and Luigi, and Ahmed and Amir Khan, a pick I very much liked. Um, RDT, Peyton Cooper, and Eli Manning. Um, Brett Owen Hart, um, Brennan Huff, and Dale. Is it Dobick in the movie? Yeah. Dobick. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, three brothers, Italian Knights, and Hulk Hogan's friends. <laughs> and I took the Jones brothers, uh, um, Johnny Drama, Vinny Chase, uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Smike brothers, and the Bryan brothers. Uh, some of my honorable mentions, uh, the Wright brothers. Shout out to them. Flight. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, the Hemsworths. I I, I like. Um, uh, Wait, are they really fine? Chris and Chris and Liam, are they brothers? I, yeah, I swear yeah. to God, I have no idea. They are. are they really? There's another one too. Yeah, there's a third one too. I like Chris. I Liam's no, fine. Whatever. I had no clue. Seth and Steph Curry, um, Liam and Noah Gallagher from Oasis. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Almost took them at the end. Uh, the Sedines and the Usos from from wrestling, um, and the Klitschko brothers. Shout out to Ukraine. We support Ukraine. We'll fight the each other. Fighting and Klitschko brothers. Yeah. You you didn't take you didn't take your boy. No, Brett he's his Aaron. own man. Okay, he's his own man. I don't need to associate him with his with his clown show brother. Right, it's two hundred fifty two home runs. So, were any of those hit in a big spot? Three time All Star, four time Gold Glove winner. Has he ever won uh, ALRBI ALRBI leader? manager? Has he ever won ALRBI, 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 ALRBI leader in 2001. So I know there's a lot of has stuff ever, going on that year, but he was major, big enough to won, put it all in the past. And just, Has he ever won the bronze medal as a manager where he was the third to last team eliminated? No, and I know Brian Cashman no. came out this year and said, you know, they, they had a great year, and, which again, just moving the goalposts on you loser Yankee fans. So I, I don't How many home run derbies did Aaron Boone play in? What is a home? What's who came the home run derby? So what you, um, who cares Brett about Moon that? Two. Oh, okay. What is that? Has, did he win the bronze medal at the 1991 World Junior Baseball Championship? No. No, he's probably fucking doing something with his life, getting a job. <laughs> Let me tell you what. <laughs> an, an Orioles Yankees Aaron Boone involves playoff series would be hilarious for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be good. Pinstripe that'd be good Taylor coming out like hardcore. I could debate myself. I could debate myself on the show. I it's actually Aaron Boone is a sixty is. has a sixty point three percent winning percentage as a manager. It's pretty good. That's cool. And all those World Series trophies, right? Well, only one team ends the year happy. That's hard to do, Eric. I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched sports. <laughs> I. <laughs> I had Brett Aaron and I, I had the Hanson. I had the Hanson brothers. Mbop's a fucking jam and a half. True. That's a true, that's true, a true. That's a the original, the original Jonas brothers. They're the Wright brothers. Yep, had them. I think Banks is falling asleep as he does the share. No, I'm just uh, you know. <laughs> I just, just had enough boonie talk for for one episode. That's all. Yeah, I was just thinking about. Let me brothers. tell you what. Just tons of boonie. Um, let's get to the uh, Nick Cater Medley Maryland person of the week. RDT, I'll send it to you first. Uh, I'm gonna do the script tweets. 
every single script tweet <laughs> from yeah, the PFT and Arian Foster. It's very, very, very rare that the entire internet like grabs onto one thing and and everyone is spitting out tweets and they're all good. I like I can't ever really remember a time. I, I think every script script tweet I've seen has been fantastic. Like RG3's tweet was funny. And that's like, that takes a lot to do. Like <laughs> he, he nailed it. Everybody nailed it. Like if you don't know, PFT and Arian Foster did this whole little bit about how Arian got a script before the season and they read about it and the blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's gotta be one of the most viral tweets of all time right now. It was up to like 300 million views on the tweet alone, which is insane. It was incredible. I'm trying to think of a good Maryland script tweet and i just haven't had the time to ideate it properly it, it should be like you should be like job at best quote like didn't like didn't love getting the kevin barnes script or something like that yeah i don't think i, yeah. I don't think like so you know I, i'm trying to think of that like um but <laughs> like philip rivers getting like didn't like his script going into uh do we think know, do we think i'm past State. the thing or are they still going no, no, I saw them tweeting it out today. Like people were still going, and every is the NFL them... embracing it at all. I Have know Jason gone? Kelsey said something today at at yeah, press media day, being yeah. like, "Yeah, I saw, I read the script already, or something like that." Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they're embracing it because probably not because it's barstool, but um, every single one, like, legitimately laugh out loud, funny stuff. Like they, they're just they're all so good, and I cannot stop looking and reading them all. Thanks. I'm going to give it to the Oriole bird. I was telling Eric this um, when I was out there in line at outside checker spot waiting, which by the way, I was out there at about three 30 and the thing started at four the thing was already around the corner. Um, I was led to believe that, you know, a decent crowd, but you know, I'd be able to get right in. Um, <laughs> That's what we thought. But anyways, I stood in line for over an hour and like like was mentioned before, um, the team sent out Adley and DL and Grayson to kind of do a lap, do some high fives, a couple pictures, whatever. The Oriole Bird came out, and he was a hundred percent swish. Like his his daps were the cleanest daps I've seen of anybody <laughs> ever. Like he was absolutely rolling through the line. There was probably a crew of people around my age, maybe a little younger, like twenty five years old like a whole crew in front of me. And I watch him go right down the row with each of them and just clean dap the shit out of them. And he got the me same thing, just absolutely wet. He was absolutely on fire out there. And it was, you know, it was cold as shit out there on Saturday. Um, there was like some good buzz because people were excited to see the CDOs and, and be a part of the event and everything. But at the same time, it was a little bit of a, of a battle out there. People were just trying to keep it together. It was cold and, you know, people were just trying to get through line and, and he came out there and, and brought the gas and I appreciate him for that. Freezing. It was very cold walking, walking in. So, yeah, I, I do remember you saying now being like, we were like, how was the line? And you were like the fucking Oriole bird has the cleanest dap I've ever seen. <laughs> like it was impressive. <laughs> it was great. I love that. Good for the Oriole bird. Good for the Oriole bird. Good mascot. The old bird. Good swing too. Um, I don't know if you saw him at Top Golf. No, I didn't. I, I did not see that. They tweeted a video from the Oriole Birds account of him swinging, and it said, "Literally, what can't I do?" <laughs> it's so funny. Like, 
I love that. <laughs> um, trying to think what I want to take here. I have a couple, a couple possibilities, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into service for my employer here. I'm gonna pick Maryland basketball. Um, very fun four game winning streak here for the Terps that has taken them from bubble team to a team that is ascending. If they kind of keep doing what they need to do into like a the like seven to five seed type of range, which would be a heck of an accomplishment for Kevin Willard in his first season. Um, we had all the hype early and then they went through a tough patch and they've really put it together in these, in these home games. They've, they've not lost a big 10 home game. They waxed Minnesota on Saturday on the road, a Minnesota team that's got a lot going on, but um, still it's a big 10 team and you beat them by 35 you're up as minus 42. Um Game against Michigan State Tuesday that is winnable. Michigan State's lost five of seven. They're good at home, but they lost five of seven. Then you get Penn State on Saturday, which is, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, is trending towards a sellout on Saturday right now. Um, we if uh, You can just look at the ticket things. but um, So I would get your tickets for that. That should be really fun. Noon on Saturday. So come out, go to an early game. You still have your whole day. Like You're not like coming out of college park if you're like, on Baltimore. It's a good time to come to a game. So come to a football game. And um, and then they would get number one Purdue. If they can win the two games, they would then probably be ranked. And then they get number one Purdue the Thursday following. So really fun stuff for for the Maryland men. And the Maryland women just destroyed number 10 Ohio State yesterday and are, are playing well as well. So um, they're trying to win the Big Ten title. They need some help, but um, you got to beat Iowa. They need Indiana to lose. But they once again are good. And so looking back, looking, you know, promising for uh, – you know, two, you know, teams in the NCAA tournament, women should host the first and second round. The men should be a decent seed now. Like they really can build their seeding resume. They've got some, their wins are coming back through the beginning of the year. Like Illinois got it back on track. Miami beat Duke tonight. They're very good. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have some resume building wins. If they could figure out a way to knock off Purdue at home next week. I mean, you're, you're starting to talk about a team That'd that's in the top 20 in the net and all different things. So, um, very excited. I hope people come out on Saturday. It's Penn State. It's Penn State. Maryland fans hate Penn State. It's the red out. Um, so hopefully um, it's a good environment. And then the women too. I think if you're going to like, if you're going to go to a, you know, if you're not someone that watched a lot of women's college basketball and you want to go, go to Maryland, Iowa in a few weeks. Caitlin Clark, who plays for Iowa, gets a ton of run on Fire. social and on Sports she Center. Kills it is very fun to watch and, and Iowa plays a very up and down style as does Maryland. It's a ton of offense. The game will probably be like in the eighties or nineties. So it'll be very entertaining. Maryland is a, a player named diamond Miller who doesn't get as much press nationally just because you have some of the stars on other teams. But um, I talked about this on here, the turtle this week. If you want to go listen to hear the turtle or Maryland flex podcast, feel free. Um, like she's probably an all American. So shout out to the Terps. Try not to go into business for the Terps all the time in this segment because I probably could, but um, absolutely love what, what, what those both those teams are doing, and it's awesome to see. So can't wait for uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow again, though, which is brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Just brutal. But what do we do? Two straight 9 p.m.ers for the Terps on a swing road trip. No oh, favors done there. That's No nice. favors done. Any honorable mentions? Just the boys. I don't know. Yeah. The boys had a nice little Love Saturday. Yeah. What a Saturday. Someone yelling, hey, um, Adley, what are Saturdays for? <laughs> was 
very funny too. Somebody yelling that guy humor. Yeah, I think we when you had got there, I think we were talking about it, and then someone was like, "Hey, Adley, what are Saturdays for?" Just like as as a complete joke. Yeah, that was you. It was a good time. The boys. I have one honorable mention. Bro, maybe. Were you yelling that? Go yeah, ahead. no, that was you, Eric. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. RDT. <laughs> I love when RDT comes out. I'm sorry I didn't get to see. Uh, you I didn't have a voice. I didn't have a voice though, so who knows? Couldn't I'm sorry I didn't see you. Um. All right, dead or alive. Uh, Chuck Norris. Alive. Alive. Much older than I thought. He's going soon. He is turning 83. Isn't he like his high 80s? That's amazing. Yeah. Which also is crazy to think about. Dodgeball is like 18 years old. Uh, Get Rich or Die Trying is 20 years old today. (sighs) Wow. Oh, man. That's tough to listen to. Chucky Norris. What was the last thing Chuck Norris was in that was of any notability? Notoriety. <laughs> He's in the Expendables 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. That's exactly what it had to be. That's, except for some, he was in an episode of Hawaii 5 in 2020. Oh, man. That's so funny. I love that there was a video game in 1983 called Chuck Norris Super Kicks. <laughs> That could be that would be fun. Use your joystick controllers or in your karate belt as you face dangerous warriors who lie and ambush you on seven screen journey to monast to the monastery. That's on the cover of the game. <laughs> that <laughs> description. That's incredible. It was later sold as Kung Fu Super Kicks where the, the license for the name of Chuck Norris expired. And then he was in a they had his own game and uh, a mobile game in 2008. Chuck Norris bring on the pain. Ooh, I'm shocked Chuck Norris. Chuck Chuck Norris didn't have a game like brand on a mini clip. That would have made so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> like Chuck Norris, you know, fighting through something. Wow. I love that. The Expendables 2. Here's the cast of the Expendables 2. And then we'll get out of here. Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Jet Lee, Dolph Lundgren, Chuck Norris, Terry <laughs> Crews, Randy Couture, whose name is Toll Road. <laughs> Liam Hemsworth, who's building a kid, Scott Atkins, you know, John Claude Van Damme, Bruce Willis, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. What a cast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that cast. checks all the boxes. Carpenter. What a what a cast. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin was in the first one of those movies. But all I right. See that. That, that is uh that's the show. Make sure to follow us on um our social media platforms, X52 Podcast. Uh, you can follow Eric at E D I T T I 22. You can follow Banks at Brussels Banks. Follow me at Taylor Spike 10. All of our sponsors um, Jimmy Seafood, Thread Level Midnight, Fed Thrill. Appreciate them all. Appreciate Grayson Rodriguez for an awesome interview. He just is fantastic every single time. So big shout to him. Um, can't wait to see everybody next week. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs>